0: There's one thing in my life that I'm always prepared for. It's a discussion about movies, especially superhero movies. You know what I'm known for being prepared for? What is that? Snacking. Snacking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always on time. I'm always ready to snack. Is his nickname at work? Snacky. Snack attack.
1: Where left was king on the edge of space. Ludicrous speed, go! We get together, have a few laughs. of the universe! Snack attack,
0: that's great. It? Snack attack. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm Ron Avis.
0: I'm Adam Peterson.
1: And we're just two dudes with a hearty hankering for movies. Bacon. Movies. <laughs> I really thought you were going to bake on that. Welcome to the Cinemasters of the Universe. Uh, we, got a, we got a pretty good episode this week. We, uh, we got a lot of things to unpack because, uh, well, for starters, we have the conclusion of... What? You haven't seen that? Yes. Where I talk about Willow, you're going to be talking about... Um, Cowboys. Midnight Cowboys. Just Cowboys. Just You're cowboys. just gonna talk about your love of Cowboys. I was talking about Cowboys. Inappropriate. And yeah, then we're right. gonna have a, a nice discussion on like the evolution of superhero movies, yes. uh, which I think will be really interesting. And there, there's there's a lot, like I said, a lot to unpack there. Uh, we'll we'll start you know like 60s, 50s, 60s, all the way up to I'm gonna say 2008. Okay. Because that's kind of the birth of the modern era superhero. The MCU maybe. really, yeah, the MCU. Uh, and then we're gonna finish it up with a new segment. Do we have a name for this yet? I don't
0: think we came up with a name. Oh, God. Can you come up with a name like right here on the spot? I'll come up. The name will come b- by the time we get there. I will think of a name by the time we get to the segment. <laughs> it's shrouded in mystery. It's going until... to be a surprise to yes. both of us. We already know the name. We're just this is a total teaser. That's
1: the type of professionalism. You can count on us.
0: We're very prepared. <laughs> Wait, this like... is a whole... This is a ruse. This is a clever ruse that we've come up with to keep you entertained and enthralled. I've already spent forty-five minutes editing up
1: to this point yeah. to make this some sort of watchable, listenable podcast. Yeah. Uh, the first—it's hard minutes. work. It's hard, hard GD work making Just us look this gut
0: hurl sounds is all I would make. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, welcome yes. to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you <laughs> Just get. A lot me. of moaning and groaning. First eight minutes is at least that.
1: But the um, the the gist of the new segment is uh, we're going to come up with a movie. You for me, I for you. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna challenge one another to recast the movie. So you can count on some sort of play on
0: words, I'm gonna say. Yes, a play on words. Perhaps a pun. <clears throat> that is, I believe, the definition of a pun. You're like you're like Webster. <laughs> that little black kid that got adopted by George and ma'am Papadopoulos. Are you saying he's a little pun? No, he's a oh. he's a Webster. <laughs> and he he that kid wrote the dictionary. Oh, gotcha. You didn't know that? That little black kid? Emmanuel Lewis, he wrote the dictionary. Hey, Adam. Hey. Guess what my favorite snack is. What's your favorite snack? Let's <laughs> see what you did there. Oh,
1: it's a bad joke for you guys. Great. Oh, yeah. dad joke. We're dads. Totally legal. We are rad dads.
2: <laughs> Excellent!
1: Okay. <laughs> Any chance I can work that in, I'll go ahead and do Absolutely. it. Absolutely. All right, so we'll get things kicked off with, what? You haven't seen that? What? And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go first. We'll just start with me. Jonathan All right, Taylor so... Thomas i saw ronathan taylor thomas baby i love it love it there's a lot of good ron stuff around yes. nowadays It just for a long time was captain ron you know great movie. It, but then you had ron burgundy yes then you had you know ron swanson yes i mean these are great rons you, great american you are, rons
0: you are in a, a
1: crowd of elite rarified hair rarefied mustache hair i got nothing <laughs> i got nothing <laughs> You got Adam, 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 and
0: Eve? Yeah. Adam, Adam yes. Levine. The uh, the two people responsible for the world going to hell. <laughs> it all started, it's your fault, Adam and Eve. Yeah. Went How t- dare you? In, in school, when that story would come up, because I went to private school, we talked about Jesus and the Bible and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Everyone would look at me, like we'd talk about Adam and Eve, and they would look at me like it was funny. It was like, it wasn't me, okay? <laughs> They're not telling us, st- like I didn't screw all this up, okay? I Screwed a lot of other stuff up. I'll admit to that. But, <laughs> but I'm that, not
1: responsible for that, okay? I wasn't think,
0: there. If you think that I would have screwed all this up by eating fruit... Come on. I don't eat fruit. Fruit snacks, yes. Fruit, no. Would you have eaten the forbidden fruit snack? Maybe. Okay. <laughs>
1: Maybe. Come on, you know you would've. Yeah, I would've. Uh, I had a similar thing, not really similar, where I uh, worked at McDonald's, and they would call me boss because obviously Donald. Yes. That that was another Ron that I could kind of take like my namesake, and that wasn't a good one because I'm just a creepy clown. I was a creepy clown. I mean, everybody loved Ronald McDonald, yes. but anyway, I didn't care for it. Ron Burgundy, on the other
0: hand, I would have made a great grimace.
1: I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, so kicking off with Willow, which came out in uh, I believe 1988. Yes, 1988. And Willow. Uh, I don't know how it got by me, but 31 years later, finally decided to sit down and watch this movie. Uh, it is a Lucas Lucas film, directed by Ron Howard, uh, and it stars uh, Warwick Davis and uh, 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 Val Kilmer <laughs> as Mad Martigan. So the movie is called Willow. Uh, Warwick Davis is the title character, um, and. I didn't know this. He was only like twenty, seventeen or something like that. I was going to say twenty-one, but now I'm thinking it was actually he was very young. Point is, and uh, George Lucas decided to make a movie because of you know he was fascinated with him. I guess from Wicket. Wicket. He was Wicket from Return of the Jedi, and uh, you know uh, it's a good movie. I I, I enjoyed it. It did. Uh, no, you haven't seen it. I've either, never seen it though. No. Yeah, know, um, it's. By today's standards, it's not great, um, especially now that we have things like Game of Thrones on the air. It's very, it's you know, it's fantasy, uh, dwarves, although they don't really call them dwarves, little people, little people. They don't call them that either. I forget what they call them, but you know, doesn't matter. That it's 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 knights and 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 monsters and no dragons, but that's weird. Yeah, they couldn't afford dragons. I'm guessing, dragons are expensive, man. You know, they uh, in the first episode of Game of Thrones, the la- the final season, I'm sure they just shot their entire CGI budget because there were a lot of dragon riding going on in there. There was a lot of dragon. There was a lot of dragon riding, and there was a lot of staring dragons as um, Jon Snow hooked up with his aunt. Yes. Did you see it's that? Uncomfortable. Yeah, it was. It's an uncomfortable Ugh. thing to. Those dragons could talk. Yes. Um, but yeah, so but willow has those two actors they're both very they're both very enjoyable to watch um also uh do you remember the little the little person cameraman from UHF yes he was also in it nice and uh, i love that guy he's great and he's been in some other stuff too but i i i saw him and he's got all this like Cause he's kind of the elder dwarf. Yes. The one that's like okay. all powerful. So he's got all like the white beard and he's, you know, of course got prosthetics and makeup on. But I was like that eye, man, that squinching eye. Like I, I recognize him and his voice and I look, sure enough, looked it up on IMDb. Uh, I'll, I'll pray. I uh, thank you. IMDb for existing. Yes. <laughs> um, and there he was. And I was like, I knew it. I knew, I knew that guy. Um, it was a bit slow at parts. Um, I can see that because it is kind of one of those also this is pre Lord of the Rings even so you know you've got Lord of the Rings which was amazing you got your Game of Thrones amazing once again and you know this was way way before that you know they're they're just trying to improve upon the Hobbit movies like the Rankin and Bass Hobbit movies which it it does it does a good job and I will give um, credit to the special effects like they it's they do a good job with special effects Kevin Pollock also shows up in the movie. Really? And the entire movie, he's this little person. And so he's performing with another actor on a green screen or blue screen or whatever. And they're, they're constantly interacting with, you know, the grown, the, like the big folk. The big folk. And, uh, you know, Kevin Pollack was hilarious in that. So I, I really enjoyed him. And uh, that's gotta be like one of his first roles. I'd have to imagine. You know, 1988, but he looked exactly the same. Kevin Pollock just Pollack. looked like Kevin Pollock, You know, from the moment he sprouted a whisker. Yeah. Which was nine years
0: old. Yep, he was nine. Conservatively nine. <laughs> he was nine. Oh, some reports say seven, but nine. Those people are what I like to call liars. <laughs> no, is that what they're called? They're liars, because it was nine. German for no. That's, nine,
1: yeah. doesn't fit in it. Don't Adam, don't confuse me with foreign language words. Foreign (laughs) languages.
0: My number nine pick is the German film. No, as
1: we know from the previous episode, I'm easily fooled and easily confused. And uh, my little hamster, he just—he's exhausted. hes still recovering from that spin. (laughs) Trace. Stop it. (laughs) Um, you know the the villain is like, a Snow White, like, you know, type villain. <laughs> She's not really all that interesting.
0: I'll get you for yeah, she, some I think arbitrary she tips reason.
1: But I will say, uh, the whole purpose of the movie is there's this baby. The baby is born, in, and there's a prophecy, and apparently, like, if this baby, when it grows up, it will destroy the queen. So the whole movie is based on, like, this evil mad queen is sending out her minions to locate this baby and kill it so that's what willow is doing he's he and his you know they they assemble like a lord of the Rev lord of the rings type you know fellowship of the rings group of little people and that's when they along their journey they find mad martigan uh, val kilmer and then um, you know they, they pick up some people along the way so it's it's really fun it's a familiar plot now
0: but back then it was, you know, pretty original, I suppose. That's you could tell your government is really archaic is is if the person running the, the place where you live is like, I don't wanna kill a baby <laughs> Like there, Oh there's a prophecy. Ah somebody wrote down on a scroll well, that a baby's gonna overthrow me. It's like Find me a baby with the birthmark. A baby? Really? A baby like
1: <sighs> why is it so the babies? It is always babies. It's babies. Why? It's never like, you know,
0: rabbits. No.
1: Find me the rabbit with the birthmark. Uh, It will destroy
0: me. (laughs) There was that rabbit in Monty Python. He killed a lot of people. Mm. That was a formidable rabbit. They had to go to the holy hand grenade for that. They did. Nearly counted to five, which is right out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, a good movie, worth a
1: watch. You should check it out. And you'd said that you'd, that's a movie that you even had considered for doing for the segment. It's just odd that I beat you to it. It is. But you know, it's a Lucas movie and the effects are good. They, the effects hold up pretty well, surprisingly. Um, it, it's just, it's the story and they, they just, they didn't have all the effects they have nowadays. You know, you give Lucas like today's effects and you know, give him like a Lord of the Rings budget. It would be even better. They'll be floating pears around all afternoon slicing them up with his hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, he was, he, I mean, that green screen, he loved it. Blue screen, he likes the blue screen. Oh, I don't know, we don't know what he's got against green. George Lucas. Um, so yeah, th- I recommend it.
0: You are great. Um, Adam, your cowboy movie. I watched a cowboy movie. Yeah, you watched not, a cowboy movie. It's not a cowboy movie like a lot of cowboy movies that people have probably watched. Um, I did uh, the movie I watched was Midnight Cowboy. Um, very little of the film I think takes place actually at midnight. It always seems well lit. Um, so it's a bit of <laughs> that a, must have been, that must have taken them a long time to film. Bit of a misnomer. Yeah. In that because <laughs> nothing seemed to take place at midnight. Um, I had a. I have a keen eye and I noticed that clock was not set to twelve. Yeah, no. Well if it had been, it would have been blinking because I mm. didn't know how to set it. Nah, that's how you write that's it in. A, that's how a good writer operates. Yeah. Uh this film uh, was uh John Voigt
1: and uh The president from Transformers. Yes. As he's known by every to everyone.
0: To everyone. <laughs> um and uh, And the coach from Varsity Blues. Yes. Oh he was, wasn't he? Was, yeah he was. he was. He was kind of a Kind of a douchebag. He, he plays was. a lot of douchebags. He was he was a uh, he was a wide-eyed sort of innocent guy in this. Not He's totally. got a douchey look. He does. He he in this movie um, he looks he looks like a kid, and I th- I feel like that's why they cast him because he has a very young look. He was very young.
1: Yeah, I'm used to he being was. much older.
0: 1969. 1969. Right? 1969. Yep. Him and uh, Dustin Monica. The Hoff. Um, um and uh. I, I it's it's a movie that um, I, I we we've had discussions. I've I've been watching more Dustin Hoffman movies lately, um, and uh, <clears throat> this one was one of those like I knew it had a lot of um, it had won Academy Award yeah um, had um, a lot a lot of accolades to it. So I said okay, well let's do this one. I I really don't know what I'm walking into. So I, I was like all right, completely blank slate. No idea even what the plot is. Mm. Um, so uh, when I found out what the plot was, it was. Uh, it was a bit jarring. I was uh, I was ill prepared for the the plot of the film as John Voight, uh, aka Joe Buck, uh, not the baseball announcer that I hate. Uh, different <laughs> oh, Joe Buck.
1: Those hair plugs, dude. Come on.
0: No. We know. We know. We know.
1: No. Joe. <laughs> Joe.
0: He nearly lost his whole career oh over those plugs. Anyway, we digress. He should have lost his whole career because he sucks at his career. But that's a different <laughs> podcast, and a different story. Oh, what would Troy do without him? What would I? I can't. I, I'll get all worked up. <laughs> I don't want to, be able to talk about Baseball movie.
1: talk. Welcome to baseball talk. Fest. We fooled you guys again. <laughs> it's a different, Totally
0: different <laughs> podcast. We're going to we about, bury the lead so well. Oh my goodness, you didn't even see that coming. <laughs> look at the look on your face, both of you. You should um, see it. But he—he's—he uh, plays Joe Buck. Mm. He's from Texas. Cowboy from Texas. Yeah, makes, I'm, makes see, a lot I'm of seeing sense. it come together. He travels to New York City to become a prostitute, as so many do.
1: <laughs> Is that where the midnight comes from? Prostitutes, like, I, they, they punch
0: in at midnight or something? It, I f- I feel like a lot of the seasoned prostitutes really don't have any preference. Yeah, they could just do time. it any around anytime. the clock. Hey, want to screw Prostitution is a twenty four hour a day business, as as best I understand it. There's no Um, need to put a a clock on that, you know? Nope. Just let it go. So he free it. He he shows up to New York, he gets on a bus, and he takes a bus to New York. Oh, from Texas. From Texas. But he smelled good. That's a bus ride right there. That That is is a bus ride. That is a that is a that is a ride I don't ever want to take on a bus. That's, That's a bus ride and a half. Yeah. That is 1.5 bus rides. That's a long bucking ride, right yes. there. If you're Joe Buck. That's a real, really bucking long ride. We're getting, we're getting around it again. Bucking long. Yep. Buck. You know, we can. We, it's almost like we're saying the F. Right? It is.
1: It's we've, very close We've to stumbled it. onto something here. we I don't give a Joe Buck. Ooh, you, right oh, you oh, shots fired.
0: Snap. <laughs> In your face. You're getting heated. Oh, right facial. Anyway. So he uh, he realizes he uh, needs some management in this new career field because he needs a pimp. He's not good at managing himself <laughs> as a prostitute.
1: You know, as a man prostitute, I've never even thought about there being men prostitutes. How 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 narrow minded of me! It's very it's not very woke of you. It's not very woke of me at all. Men no. can be prostitutes as well yes but they do need they would need representation because a guy just walking around like i mean because the guy's like working hard to get laid anyway yes and then you're like also asking for them to give you money for this yeah that's not an easy thing to do no (laughs) believe me i've tried that's that's an uphill battle (laughs) i would just ask for
0: a pretzel yeah no can do just a slap in the face for my troubles the things i would do for a soft pretzel That's an advertising <laughs> campaign that Klondike doesn't even want to touch. No, they sure don't. <laughs> what would you do for a soft... You don't want to know. You do not want to know. Trust me. But this is... He uh, He stumbles into a, a bar and meets Dustin Hoffman uh, Enrico Rico um, Ratso, as everyone calls him. He corrects him. He wants him to call him either Rico or Rizzo. Um, and he... Uh, he's pretty much homeless. Um, he's squatting in, a, in a, um, a condemned warehouse or condemned apartment building, something like that, because they have an apartment, but it, it's condemned. They have Those are the best places to they spot. Have to, they have to push like a, a chain link fence back and walk behind this. Oh, building. a whole chain link fence? A whole, They push the chain link fence so they can enter. So they can shimmy through. It appears as though you're not supposed to go where they go, but they push away the fence and they go there anyways. But
1: he's a male gigolo. He does what he needs.
0: <clears throat> so the, the, the majority of the movie are kind of the mishaps that are, are going there's it's it's a it's a very arty kind of movie there's a lot of a lot of visuals um uh and a lot of it, it's one of those movies there's some movies that are gratuitous for being arty movies that seem like it's like oh we're going to study this in film school and we're gonna yeah there's kind of like a
1: cliche art house type yeah film. Like, and it's like, oh it was that <clears throat> movie was arty I'll see what they're trying to do
0: this there's there's definitely some components in this it, it's it, i mean you're kind of it's late 60s going into the early 70s and then there's definitely this this narrative that they want to establish that uh um for the acceptance of homosexuality in mainstream pop culture um i did i did find it to be really interesting because in uh, they would have these dream sequences they could be daydreams or they could be actual dreams they're visual and they would fire off images really quickly black and white color <clears throat> and there's a lot of imagery that you're working with and. Um, you could you could pull out what they're what they're trying to get at, and it was very interesting because at a couple of these, um, they uh, there were either two or three times throughout the movie where I recognized someone doing blackface, which in today's twenty nineteen woke culture um, would be very offensive. Even um, in nineteen sixty nine, it's kind of nineteen sixty nine. I think it's I think it's one of those. I mean, you're you're um, New New York. Um, you, you wouldn't probably see that as much. When um, and having the Texas perspective, I and mean, you got that Southern uh, perspective, you, you, mm, it, yeah. it's not as hard to kind of weave its way in there. Just the South, just sure. and it, it wasn't it wasn't prominent, um, so it wasn't like it was just when I was like it's real quick and in the background. I think once when I when I was aware of it, it was and it was it was just it was really interesting to me because there was this this juxtaposition of in this 1969 universe where they film the movie, you have. Um, you have a couple a couple sequences where you are seeing blackface, and um, uh, I'll apologize in advance for using the term faggot, but they use the word faggot repeatedly in the movie um, as a derogatory term for homosexual people. And oh, God, it, you were supposed to get the trigger alert. I know, I should have. <sighs> trigger alert. Okay, anyway. But the, the whole what I found to be really interesting is these things. Well, in 1969, the film was rated X. It was the first film ever to win an Academy Award being rated X. Wow. Um, it was kind of a precursor for Clockwork Orange and a couple others that were uh, received the, the X rating because primarily at that time, the only movies that were getting rated X were pornographic films. Right. Um, so for something that was supposed to be considered mainstream, you would go to a thea- regular theater to watch it uh, to be rated X. Yes. So there were like homosexual undertones? There were homosexual undertones and- Instant f- X
1: right there. Yeah, yeah.
0: and yeah. so the, in this 1969 world, here's all these things that are taboo and it's all this the homosexuality. Well, you fast forward to 2019, the, the par- partial lens that I'm watching this through, and I'm thinking to myself, in this, in this day and age watching it, people wouldn't even, I mean, they would notice and move on from the homosexuality and be far more concerned with the language and the blackface. And I just thought it was really interesting, here in 1969, um, it's not like they're, you know, they're inundating the film with blackface, but it's there yeah. and the language and that doesn't seem to be a huge deterrent people are praising just because film. you don't like it doesn't mean it wasn't happening yes yeah. and then know 2019 you're watching it and you'd say okay people wouldn't even they wouldn't bat an eye at the homosexuality but they they would be so offended by these other t- i just thought it was really interesting in that respect yeah because i've never watched it being able to try and kind of simultaneously watch it through both um, lenses it's tough to watch a movie through a lens a current day lens for yeah. a movie that old yes and uh, so it's it's one. I mean, I, I I know a lot of times you know we'll get to the point where we're like, okay, do you do you recommend people watch it? Yeah, or, dude. What do you say about that? In in this instance, it's one of those where if you if you're in the mood for an arty kind of movie, if you're in the mood for, um, uh, I would say there's, I mean, to get somewhat of a viewpoint, a vantage point of um, uh, historical, historical movie representation, mm-hmm. there's a lot of interesting aspects to it. Uh, at the end of the movie, um, I, I wasn't sitting there like, wow, I can't believe I wasted all this time. Yeah. It, was, it was an interesting film. The ending to it, I really enjoyed. Um, the, the film in dealing with, um, it seems like it deals with relationships from uh, different perspectives, and what I, what I felt was really pretty endearing was the relationship that develops between John Voigt and Dustin Hoffman and how that, at the end, I won't give the ending away just in case people do want to watch it. Um, <laughs> 50-year-old spoiler it's, alert. It's yeah. a 50-year-old spoiler <laughs> alert. If you want to watch ah, it, God damn it, I was on my way home <laughs> to watch it. Here is your spoiler alert, because you know what? I am going to ruin the ending. Yeah, so go ahead and it, ruin it. So in the end, um, Dustin Hoffman, he'd always want to go to Florida. And throughout the movie, he has pneumonia, won't go to a doctor, he gets sicker and sicker and sicker. And so he's basically, literally, on his deathbed. And he says, no, 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 just put me on a bus. Put me on a bus to Florida, I want to see Florida. So he and John Voigt get on the on this bus, and it's like the last four minutes of the movie. Mm. And the final final sequence of the movie, John Voigt, it's interesting, he's gotten off the bus at one of the stops. He's changed his clothes, so he no longer has his whole cowboy garb. He's just wearing regular clothes. They're in Florida. And he starts jerking <laughs> off Dustin Hoffman? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thankfully, that's not I thought ending. that was the logical conclusion to it, where the story was it going. It seems like it, but it's not. Okay. Um, he he gets back on the bus at one of the stops, and Dustin Hoffman's crying because he pissed himself because he's I mean he's he, you could you're looking at him you could tell he's barely hanging out he's not well he's not well yeah. and that uh, John Voight doesn't bat an eye I mean like at this point is like he there's well
1: they're bros at this point there's yeah.
0: it's it's really I mean it's really kind of endearing because he makes a joke to try and make Dustin Hoffman laugh mm-hmm. and then they're they, I think they make one more stop and then he gets back on the bus and he's trying you know they're sit, he and Dustin Hoffman are sitting in the back of the bus and he, he says something to him like we're almost there this or that and he realizes Dustin Hoffman has died. Ah, he's laying there. He's just slumped over. They stop the bus. The bus driver comes back. He's like, well, he's, he's dead. Is he? Can't, he asked Can't him, have a good dead guy Is on the can. bus. Yeah,
2: right.
0: <clears throat> and he's like, well, we're almost there. Let's just ride it out. So they yeah. start it back up. They're riding. Everyone's looking to try and see what's going on. And he just he scooches closer. He puts his arm around him, and he just holds on to his friend who died. Man. And it was just it was, it was in this whole movie where everybody's trying to search for the, where they belong. Their, how, how they interact with other people, the relationships. It was just, it was so interesting and endearing to see these two at the end. It's like they found each other, and there there were implications that the relationship could have been of another nature, but it really just seemed like yeah. they were two people that found each other in places where they needed to be in life, and they connected, and it was meaningful. And I enjoyed that. I thought that was a, it was an interesting and good punctuation mark to a, a film that had been pretty arty and pretty heavy with other imagery. It was just nice that it kind of ended on this down but kind of sweet note, so a lot sweeter than my yeah proposed than what you had it what you, what you thought <laughs> that uh, I thought for sure that, that would have taken a hard left that was a bit of a swerve hard left at the end there like, oh that's what they call a hard left in the that's manuals. a hard left <laughs> hard left in the industry oh easy hey. So yeah, so recommend. It's it's a conditional recommendation. Conditional recommend. Okay. If if those if the the you know the the stars align and that don't come at him if you watch it. If you watch it, this is horrible. The blackface and gay talk. It's like, I told you. All that f talk. I don't like it. Yeah, they say the f word. Both of them. (laughs) I just love the idea of like a woke cowboy. Like I don't like. I don't appreciate all that Uh. f talk. I don't like that you're saying you're calling people uh, what used to be commonly referred to as a bundle of sticks. That's a derogatory term and I don't care for it, son. Wilford Brimley? Wilford Brimley. I'm Wilford Brimley and I have diabetes. It hurts me to pee and that causes me to be short with my family. Listen! Uh,
1: get the cash. Remember that lady in a penthouse? Get the cash. Those rich ladies write out a check a night, and in the morning they call the bank and stop payment. Go ahead. Watch the car.
0: Go on.
1: Okay. Um. So yeah, we'll we'll go ahead and move on to. Um, let's let's do it. But superhero movies. Yeah. Um. We're gonna how we're gonna break this discussion down. We're, we're gonna talk a little bit about some current superhero movies. We're gonna have a little bit of a light, spoiler-free discussion about two uh, recently released movies, uh, Shazam and Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, just quick impressions really. We're, yes. we're not going to spend a whole lot of time. Uh, I liked them both. I did too. That's it. Moo on. <laughs> that's how we really ought to conduct our business. Whoop, that's it. 45 minute podcast. And that's after I leave in all the grunts and go to real gorp Wilford Brimley impressions. <laughs> we really we shot the load there early on yep, the Wilford it. Brimley. Uh but Make no Shazam. It it's i would have to say was my favorite of the two um i really enjoyed captain marvel but it's just kind of more of the same excellence you know it's hard to it's hard to even critique a a marvel movie anymore because they're just levels of great to amazing that's that's all it is yeah and uh you know she's but shazam over on the dc side you know they all they have to do is just not like take a dump on the screen. They've
0: not had too many wins.
1: <laughs> no, not all not recently. Um not since Nolan, honestly. No. But you know, Shazam was really fun. It was a good time. Uh I really enjoyed uh all of the casting. Yes. It was excellent. I, I had a lot of fun with the family who were adopting all the kids. Yep. They were excellent. The the big guy, I recognize him from uh Walking Dead. I don't watch that show, so okay. I didn't
0: recognize him from that.
1: It's a cooking show. Ah, yeah, I love cooking
0: shows. <laughs> I should check it out. It's one of those like competitive cooking shows. Ah, like Chopped or yeah. Chopped with Kids. I don't know what that one's called, but it's kind But there's zombies too. Ooh.
1: Yeah. <laughs> At least that's what I've taken oh. from it. I've watched it a few really times. That's kind of what I've gotten out of it. Cooking show with a few zombies here and there. I'll take it. Um, but no, um he's in that and but but I the, the kid, the um, I, who was from it. Yes who played Eddie, Eddie in It, don't know his name, but he was phenomenal. I just loved, uh, what a really talented kid actor. He's
0: fantastic.
1: Uh, the, what was the one line? It was hilarious. He's like, Oh, he's like, I know what you're thinking, foster kid. Uh, crippled foster kid. kid, he's got it all. Yeah. It was just the way he delivered that line was oh. really like, let me, it like, led me to believe like, oh, this kid's gonna be around he for a perfect. while. He's gonna be around for a while. And uh, who's the uh, main actor who played? Zachary Levi. Yeah, Zachary Levi. Who is has had a strange career? Like he's he's done a lot of voice acting. I know he's a yeah. Flynn Rider in the Tangled movie and the show, and uh, of course he was on Chuck, Chuck, which was a pretty hilarious show. Really, yep. I watched it, you know, a lot more in the first season, kind of tapered off. I don't know how long it lasted, but it was a good show, and I enjoyed him in it. And uh, he's just great in this. He's a fantastic actor. I've I think everything I've seen him in, I've enjoyed him. And I agree, like, though there, there are people who are they compare it to like big. Yeah. For sure I can see that. Um, and um, a pretty strong villain, I thought.
0: Yeah. Uh, Mark Strong um has kind of the physical embodiment of the villain and even his backstory at the yeah. beginning of the film. Oh, I loved his backstory. It wow. was it was really well done, really enjoyable. Um the 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 seven deadly sins. Yeah, but, um, that was neat. That was neat. That was that was cool how they uh, how it was uh, handled. It was um, the, the my my one thing that bummed me out a little bit because I normally take my kids to a lot of Marvel movies mm-hmm. because it's mostly I mean like we talk about like all right you can't go to school and you know beat kids up like they do in superhero movies yeah, right but right, most, right. Which most is what most, always happens most of the time the content even though it's rated PG thirteen, yeah. um, I uh, my, we're big on Marvel in my house but yeah. I was I was a little bummed because I was like. oh, uh, the villain's a little too scary for my guys. Mm. It's not, and you know you could, you could take. I mean, because um, you took uh, Logan. I did, yeah, and he loved it. Yeah. man, he loved it a lot. So I mean, it, it's one of those like it's. I think my two were kind of just under what I would where I would probably put the line. There um, are a couple of really creepy moments, it's like yeah. kind of scary.
1: So yeah, you be aware of that if you're taking a, yeah. a young kid. Like my my son's eight, and um, you know he he was he, he's sensitive. Yeah. So and it didn't didn't really bother him, but I after watching it, I'm surprised it didn't bother him. Um, but just you know, may, maybe you guys should watch it first, decide for yourself whether it's a little too intense or not. And but you know, I I say take a kid, 10 and up, no problem. Yeah, no problem. You know, no problem there. Just if you're under 10, you know, just you could be dealing with some bad dreams. You could be. You could be dealing with. But uh, the, that supernatural kind of vibe that you got from that you know, whole storyline, was
0: I liked it. it. And honestly, I mean, of, you know, of, because Wonder Woman, I think, is the only other DC movie that I've enjoyed at all. What about The Fishman? I haven't seen The Fishman. Okay. okay. I won't see Fish Boy <laughs> until... You're
1: just being a stubborn ass right now. <laughs> it's, it's just,
0: hey, this, this gold, goldfish, we, we think he stole some money from a fish bank. And we need to interrogate. say, like, hold on, guys. I I can talk to fish, so I'll. Oh, I can be useful here. This is the one scenario. Hey, we got a. Well, there's a, a superhero
1: villain. There's. Well, a- that's why you cast Kyle Drago to be Aquaman because he's just a.
0: Badass that's, guy. That's the only because you have to. Because you're like, if there's <laughs> if there was a crime in Kansas, or like, should Aquaman come? It's Kansas. What's he gonna do yeah, in Kansas? We got we got Kansas covered, actually. Like, you know, so I guess we'll take Superman and yeah. Fish Boy, you can sit this one out. You know, go see what that Gorton's guy is up to. I think <laughs> he's up to no good. Ah. Oh,
1: damn.
0: a fish stick joke. Damn, It was a fish stick joke damn. and a good one. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: okay. So <laughs> Captain Marvel. Um if I'm ranking it in the realm of of Marvel movies, somewhere in the middle for me.
0: I I really I, Captain Marvel to me, and I, I think I said this a couple times. I probably said it to you. Was Captain Marvel to me was everything that I wanted Black Panther to be because mm. she was just she was such a I mean just uh, Brie, Brie Larson was great casting. Yeah, she was good. She and she's just I mean like. As as soon as the movie was over, it's like I wish I had a daughter that I could take to go see this movie because she's just oh, yeah. such. I mean, like they. I mean, they've got Scarlet Witch, they've got uh, Black Widow. I mean, they have strong representation. Sure, but it was just one of those like, okay, this Captain Marvel is just okay. She's badass. This is a movie just dedicated to her. I'm glad that Black Widow supposedly finally getting her own movie. Yeah, about time. It was it was, it was nice. She's like, all right when you look at the MCU, we don't, there's not a movie and there's like, here is just a, you know, the primary antagonist in this film, or protagonist in this film is a, is a woman. And it was nice because it was like, it didn't feel like it was there like, oh, women, we need a movie about women. It was like, no, they made a really, had a really great character, a dynamic character, got a great actress to play her, and a great script, and they put it together. And at the end of it, you're like, this was fantastic.
1: I'll echo that about you know like you said you wish you had a daughter like I do have a young daughter and I will be looking forward to showing this yep. to her because you know she she doesn't show cleavage or ass or leg you know she she's just she's treated like all of the male superheroes would be treated yeah. you know which is great and it's it's a very girl power movie yeah uh, you know even even when she kind of like comes into her own there's like a great little oh, song oh. that they play which is total girl power the whole third act and of- it's not Spice Girls whole- so. <laughs> it's, it's a lot cooler than that. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. When I say it's somewhere in the middle, I just really enjoy all
0: the Marvel movies. It, it does, it gets hard to try. I'm like, because for me I feel like a lot of times what comes into play is not necessarily how good was the movie, it's how, how much do I like this character over that character. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to even be totally objective if I'm ranking movies in the MCU because they they really are all done so well. I loved all the '90s references. That was great. Uh, dug the
1: music a lot. Um, I thought the uh, the 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 CG on uh, Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury younger was just amazing. Phenomenal. Uh, you know they they've dabbled with that effect in the past, and it's it's always looked good, but I can still kind of like see the strings yep. a bit. Not in this Not movie. This one. Not in this movie because Samuel L. Jackson is like. Seventy something. He's seventy. Right? Yeah, he's in his. 70s. He is not a young man. No, and he, you know, and he, he's he plays younger. I think he comes across yeah. a little bit younger than seventy, um, but he looks like a like a dude in his forties because he looks
0: the same as he did when he was doing stuff like uh, Pulp Fiction and, and whatnot forever ago. So yeah, if
1: you've seen the movie um, Kiss of Death with David Caruso, yes, he looks exactly like yes, he did he in that movie with the hair and I wonder the, if They modeled it after that. It would would not surprise me because he looks just like that,
0: so. and he's phenomenal. He's phenomenal in this film. He, I love him in everything, but he is definitely good in this. It's uh, it's a little it's and I like I like because the Fury you know the Nick Fury you know up to this point is very different than the Nick Fury that you get to see in this movie.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's he's very well in, in the movies that we know him. He's seen, he's seen the seen things and done the things in this movie he's still kind of wide-eyed. Yes. He's not seen the things yet. So, and Coulson, you get a little bit of Coulson. A little as Coulson.
0: Well. Just a little bit of Coulson goes a long way. This this hat, this is the hat that he gives to Captain Marvel. Fantastic. I'm, wearing, I'm sporting that.
1: And I like your Brooklyn Nine-Nine yes. hoodie as well. That's awesome. Noice. <laughs> Noice, as they say. Um, but you know, great movie, uh, no complaints. Oh, uh, great. Jude Law was a very uh, enjoyable uh, bad. Yes. You know, um, and it, it didn't have necessarily like the most um, predictable ending. I mean, it wasn't you know you a big surprise you either. You were blown away, but it was it yeah.
0: was it was a little bit less predictable than maybe some others.
1: Yeah, I like that they're not clo- They don't they didn't close a door like they tend to sometimes do yeah. in other movies, particularly Black Panther, who you know Killmonger could have been a really cool villain yes. down the road, but they. Killed him off. Spoilers, <laughs> um, but yeah, the two great movies, and of course, you know we got the big movie coming out here in just a few days. Um, just just a few I days. Minutes. I want to go see it now. I do too. Um, Logan right Logan's been seeing all the for weeks. He's been talking about Endgame. He wants to see Endgame. It's really kind of funny because you know I like. I just love seeing that he watches trailers now and he's now starting to get excited that that part of his brain is unlocking where he's aware of movies coming out and now he's having to wait for movies other than just me giving him movies yes. to digest. And uh, I was like, you know what? You haven't even seen Infinity War. Let's watch Infinity War. If you're, if I'm gonna take you to see this three hour movie, you need to know what's going on. And so we just watched that today before he came over. Ooh, very nice. And uh, he, he did not like the ending. <laughs> Can't imagine why. But I said, you know, you only have to wait a few days to see what happens. Like, I had to wait a year. A
0: whole year. A
1: whole daggone year. And you, you actually just get to find out what happens
0: after a week. I, I spent 45 minutes sitting in my car after that movie. Crestfallen. I, like, I didn't i didn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. I did. I was sat in my car for 45 minutes just questioning life as I knew it. Do you want to make a quick prediction on who, who goes? <clears throat> um, uh, This is on the record. This is on the record. Well... One thing... Put a bookmark on it. One thing it did, uh, I haven't investigated any further than reading the headlines, but supposedly every all of the information in the trailers we've seen so far mm-hmm. totally fabricated. Mm. Doesn't surprise me. They're good at misdirecting. Yeah, and I'm like, how... Like That's... I'm, I'm... Then what I have to do logically is say, okay, the trailers that I've watched, I still know that I'm excited to see Endgame, but I'm excited to see a movie that doesn't exist. That... They fabricated excitement in me for a movie that's not real. I,
1: in a movie like this, I do tend to try and not watch. I don't. I certainly don't read anything about it. Now we we are privy to a potential spoiler. Yes. I I came across it and I was immediately kind of, I was immediately a little bit bummed that I did it. So of course I had to bring you in. Yes. And I had to ruin it for you too, right. baby. So there there is a um there is an image that was leaked that could have some sort of. May or may not play a role in you know Thanos's defeat because he's going to get defeated in this movie, and uh, I I I don't know. I we'll see we'll see how how much it actually plays into it. So be careful out there, guys. There's some spoilers potentially yeah. circulating. Uh, you know sometimes like th- those types of articles can be a bit clickbaity. Clickbaity. I don't know about this one. This one could be true. Um, but yeah, your your thoughts on on who who's going to die?
0: Who's who's going to
1: die? Um... Now, we know that contracts are running out. Yes. Robert Downey Jr., Chris Evans, and uh, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Those three guys have been very vocal in public that for the last several movies. That
0: they're done. That they're done. So, with that said. <clears throat> I think I think you get the most emotional response out of Cap dying. Um, uh, and it would make the most sense. Like, Tony, Tony dying... Um, hurts. It's it, it. hurts. It's a real dire note. But yeah. like you know, and it's not that Cap doesn't have a reason to keep going. But like Tony has Pepper, and so that leaves kind of that bitter taste in your mouth. Like if Tony goes, then it's kind of like ah, you know, they were gonna have a family and there's all that. And I I just I don't see Thor kicking it. Like I, I mean, he was he was really the only one who had a chance to go up against Thanos. So it. It feels like Cap is the one that's gonna die. That bums me out the most. But it feels like he's. I mean, you're you're probably gonna have. I mean, Vision. I don't know if he comes back or not. But yeah, I mean, Vision kicked the bucket, and that one seems pretty permanent.
1: It does kind of
0: yeah. Um, and, and i mean i could see some of the you know there there could be a handful of cuz he didn't fade away he just freaking died yeah he just ripped the stone up yeah. i mean i could they could reboot him i don't know he's a robot suppose, i don't know suppose yeah that's true so that's true they could bring him back in some capacity they did a
1: whole lot of work uh in upstairs yeah. you know they maybe they were backing him up you know yeah. well, you in, never know cuz they're so the they're so advanced he's on the cloud he's on the cloud he's, he's right. in the wakanda cloud he's in the wakanda cloud <laughs> oh that's so nice
0: but yeah, Cap, cap. I think will be the big one um, that bites the bullet. And that, that bonds me out. But it, I mean, from an appreciation standpoint for what will make it the best movie, I think that will be the biggest Empire Strikes Back kind of moment, the biggest downer. Gotcha. So, um, so having just recently watched it, uh, here, here
1: are my thoughts. Um, I actually do think Thor is going to be the one to die. I think he will be the one to take out Thanos because I think he's the one that's f- like he has the most personal vested you know like he he's his he's so driven by rage and yeah. vengeance because of Loki because of his pal Heimel. works yeah so I I feel like he's the one that is more that's going to be driven like he and Drax like are similar in yeah there, you know but look he is a god so I don't know how that's going to work out but I feel like there's a foreshadowed moment when uh wreck rockets talking to Thor and Thor has that speech where he's like I'm I'm over a hundred and so many years old and I've never been you know uh, I've yet to be defeated or killed and I, I'm thinking this seems like a foreshadowing kind of moment
0: and they I think thinking on that same that same wavelength when he's holding the gate open so that the star can shine yeah. through him and melt her like you you do get a sense that there is a um, Uh, He's not infinite. I mean, he he does have an ability to be physically. Well, he needed Stormbringer to bring him back.
1: He's so weakened. Yes. So as far as Tony and Cap go, I think they'll both live. Um, I am 100% on board with you with Tony. I think he will probably move on with Pepper. They'll have a kid. There'll be some sort of cute kind of send off to them. And I think Cap will move on, but it'll be a passing of the torch to either uh, Bucky or Falcon. I Wanted to be Bucky. I don't actually have a dog in that. I don't, I, I like them both, but um, I don't know. I, I, I can't say who I would rather have. Um, I do like the Bucky character, I feel like there's a little bit more, you know, backstory with him. More could be a more interesting character. Falcon's not really all that interesting, honestly. No, but he is. Cap's current confidant. You know, like he's been with Cap during the hardest moments most recently. You know, Bucky obviously is his best friend. So it, it may go to Bucky, but I, I do think that they're not gonna tear our hearts out and kill them. I do think they'll kill Thor. I think Cap and Tony will be spared, but I think the fight will just take him so much out of both of them, especially Tony, because he's just been kind of mentally being ripped to shreds gradually ever since the Avengers movie. You know, yeah. as, as, you know, Tony said in the last movies, like Thanos has been in my head for the last six years yeah. or whatever, you know, like he, he there's been all these, you know, with the, with the failed experiment of, of, uh, um, Ultron. Ultron and, you know, it's, and then the Accords, the Wakanda Accords, I'm trying to set it right. I just think that once he, once he, and I don't think they'll pretend kill him in Infinity War and then kill him again in Endgame. I don't yeah. think they'll do that. So that's that's what I'm hoping. I th- I think they'll throw get a very heroic death, and um, I think they'll somehow bring Loki back because they got the whole Marvel show or whatever coming yeah. on Disney Plus. So they're gonna have to resurrect Loki somehow. Uh, but I will be very very interested how to see how they bring back everybody. That's yes. that's the one thing I just have no idea how they're gonna do that. I don't I don't know if they've been if they were just flipped to another like multiverse. Like you know, did you did you see the show? Um, the HBO show where it was kind of like the beginning of the show was the rapture and like oh, I know the one you're talking about yeah. the, uh, what was it? I, I can't remember now but, but yeah so the, basically the show wasn't like in the first episode like a, a lot of people like Thanos like just disappear yeah and um, spoiler alert well I won't spoil it because it's a great show if you haven't seen it and I recommend you watch it because it's only like three seasons long and it's great um, you know it they do go somewhere I'll just say that. And I wonder if it's like a situation like that. Like they didn't, you know, like as they faded away into our existence, they faded back in
0: somewhere else. that was that was a th- one of the theories that I read was it was it did they go to an alternate dimension, alternate lines, reality, yeah. alternate timeline to where? Yeah so and and then, you know, doctors Dr. Doctor Strange knows. <laughs> that was he Dr. Strange saw endgame 14,605 times and didn't say a word to anyone he could have said something zero spoilers yeah right so anyways
1: um i mean we'll we'll have to have a discussion about that when it comes yes big time a big fat spoiler filled discussion yeah
2: (laughs) everything
1: (laughs) all right so now we're going to actually roll into the timeline we're going to discuss you know like what how superhero movies have evolved you know what what they used to mean uh landmark period, like, you know, milestones, I guess would be a better word, like milestone movies that would push, like each time you have a milestone movie, you would push the genre forward. And I have a few of those in mind and you you of course are welcome to jump in at any time and say, I disagree, agree. I think it was maybe this movie that pushed it ahead. Um, but I, I have a feeling we'll probably land somewhere on the same, yes. I, th- I think we're gonna agree on the big milestone movies. Um, and then, you know, once we get to like 2008, then we're gonna have a little discussion uh, as to where we think the MCU and even DC, what what what's going to happen in the future, what we think needs to happen for them to be successful, what kind of roads are they going to have, and you know the the roads for MCU are definitely more paved in gold than than DC, uh, with their recent acquisition of Fox. DCs are paved in poop. <laughs> paved in poop. <laughs> That's what they're. That's a catchy slogan. Yeah. It's, Baved in poop. It's got alliteration. People love that. We'll save that discussion for the very end. Yes. So, okay. So now I, I kind of grouped 50s and 60s together, and I honestly don't have a whole lot to say about this era. But a superhero movie to me in, during that period meant Lone Ranger and Zorro. Yeah. You know, th- those That's were kind of like your superhero movies, the serials and you know they were very popular for their day uh and you know they there was continuity i think because yeah. they were serialized yep. uh, i i can't really say that i i've seen bits here and there of both movies uh for sure way ahead of before our time oh yes and uh you know they didn't have the luxury of special effects and all the money to put behind it so you know they, they were just westerns and and you know swashbuckling stuff Things that they didn't have to pay royalties on, you know, like these are just probably con- like you know public domain type stuff. You could you could probably even throw in Robin Hood, in in that.
0: Yeah, the um, I know it wasn't a film per se, but thinking about that, expanding the understanding to be okay, the evolution of this form of entertainment yeah. um, from just the comic books, superheroes, and and from literary superheroes. Thinking about like uh, the Shadow, which eventually did become yes. a movie, yes. um, and uh, the Phantom, same thing. Also,
1: superheroes were exi- they existed in comic book form,
0: yeah, and in some TV. Yep, because you had
1: Batman '66. Yep, that that really kind of was your only superhero yeah. uh, movie during the '60s that I could find. And you know, of course, like the Batman '66 TV show was really popular, just immensely popular uh very campy very pulp you know like pulpy and and
0: just you know you've you know it oh yeah you know um it they 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 stood um they represented because uh i don't remember exactly when it was that the the comic book code um was was instituted mm. um uh i want to say that was in the 60s i don't think it was. 70s. what are the rules of the comic book code um it was the there was um they had identified that comic books um ruffians and uh, no good nicks and uh, ne'er-do-wells ne'er-do-wells i was wondering if that was coming you were out. waiting for the ne'er-do-wells mm. i save it for the last mm. every time the ne'er-do-wells the sweet ne'er-do-wells um, they uh it may, have, it may have even been the 80s i can't remember I, I probably should have looked it up before i said anything but what it was, was that comic book characters, they identified that all, they did a study of, I think it was like 100 kids or something, I mean, some ridiculous small polling of kids, and they found that all of these bad, quote unquote bad kids read comic books. So if kids were gonna read comic books, they had to have the, the comic book code. And that was, it was kind of a morality clause. Like they were going yeah. to stand for good things. They were going to leave a good impression on kids. And so, you know, you go back to the uh, Batman of the nineteen mid 1960s, <clears throat> there's lessons to be learned. I, I One of, I used to, when uh, when I, we were, I was homeschooled in seventh and eighth grade, and um, when FX was first a network, um, it was very different than it is now. They showed a lot of old 60s shows. They had the Green Hornet. Yeah. Um, they had, uh, the, Batman was on there, a lot of other 60s television shows. But there was an episode, I remember specifically, where there was, there was an immediate need for Batman to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And he's getting in the Batmobile with Robin, and he's sitting there, and Robin's like, what, why, why aren't we going yet, Batman? And he says, we're not going anywhere until you put your seatbelt oh, on, Oh, my Robin. gosh. And so it's one of those, like, there was a, this heavy dose of morality. Like, Robin, have you had a poop yet today? Yes. Are you regular, Robin? <laughs> Try some of this fiber-rich muffin that I have here. It's a bat muffin because everything was bad. There's the bat yeah, yeah, shark repellent. Yeah, for sure. So silly. But, but you know, lovely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, because it, it, it was, kids looked up to these guys. Kids looked up to these characters. It
1: was a Saturday morning cartoon yeah. show, really.
0: And parents wanted, if kids are going to be so easily influenced by these guys, they wanted these guys to represent some sort of squeaky clean I morale. Mean, because Captain America in the comics, you know, during World War II, yeah. he represented the patriotism. He represented oh, yeah. an ideal that people could rally behind. So as these evolved into radio and TV, and then eventually movies. Yeah, radio. Good they, point. Radio was huge. They wanted people time. to have something they could rally behind that represented a, a classic understanding of morality or you know what was good and what was bad, and that's what that's what the, where superhero started. So yeah. okay. So yeah, but that—that's what
1: you know. Lone Ranger, Zorro—they—they were. yep. were—they uh, were figures that the public could rally behind. Absolutely. They always stood for justice and peace, and you know, putting baddies—you know, no good do wells behind neer well. Yeah, they—they would always get their just desserts. Yes.
0: Or is that a good thing? You Which want. Which seemed desserts. unfair if you're yeah. getting just desserts. Yeah, like, no, no, they, they—they didn't all get... I ever <laughs> to eat anyways, a Just
1: the desserts. <laughs> just just the greens they gave him. yeah just the the, greens you get the vegetables (laughs) there's a cauliflower pizza oh gosh it wouldn't be great if like at at the end of an uh, an episode he was just spoon feeding you know uh, (laughs) that guy through like a jail cell here you go just chopped up liver
0: (laughs) here's food that's actually good for you but i hate yes i'm gonna die of diabetes and you'll be nice and strong the Wilford Brimley. He's back! He's back! He's back, yeah, yeah. Wilford Brimley, and I've not
1: <laughs> Human Walrus. Human Walrus. Okay. Um, so we'll move on to the 70s. 70s. Milestone moment
0: number one. All right. Hit me with it. Superman. <clears throat>
2: <clears throat>
1: My Christopher Reeve.
0: favorite superhero of all time, but the best representation of him to date. Christopher Reeve. Oh, no doubt. He's I a mean, national treasure. He, he kind of...
1: Really to me that's the start. The like superhero movies and started in earnest in nineteen seventy eight with this you know superman. superman. It was a huge, huge phenomenon, big box office success, made a huge star to Christopher Reeves and Gene Hackman. Um, Margot Kidder. Margot Kidder before, yeah. she before she went crazy. before she went crazy. but you know the I, I think the movie still stands up pretty good. It does. And, uh, you know, he... God, Christopher Reeves was just like he stepped out of the comic book. Yeah, he was... He was he was perfect for it. Yeah. Really was. Uh, now, that was... Was that uh, Joel, Joel Schumacher? No. Uh, oh,
0: that? Um, if you hadn't said Joel Schumacher... Was it Ron... Can... No. Uh, <laughs> a, was... a person.
1: A person directed that movie. A person movie.
0: directed that movie. And,
1: uh, you know, he didn't get to finish... Um, there was the whole like business where they were supposedly like filming the two first two movies together and then you know like you got half a movie and then another half uh, see if I can't think of the director before you find it on IMDb I'm oh, trying to think of it too oh 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 mm. just hear the guttural sounds again er. this is amazing podcasting er. you guys you're just hearing mm. Richard mm, something mm, Rich- mm. Richard Donner ah Richard Donner he did the Goonies too he did do the Goonies you're yes. very correct um, but you know, I, I think that that was everything that came after Superman directly for probably a decade was held up to Superman Yep. for better, for worse. You know, you, you can't, you can't just continue to hold, like go back to the well. And they, they did. I mean, we're, we're going to go through a, a list of movies here and you're just gonna be like, Bleh. you know, like
0: yeah. that's
1: what passed for superhero movies. They were not great. So it was a milestone and then an immediate dip.
0: Yeah. Because um, because you had you had a benchmark, but it was it. I mean, you had, and, and not not that anybody was spectacularly well known prior to it. Yeah, um, Gene Hackman was pretty Gene, well known. Gene Hackman had he had he had probably the best of. And uh, of, you know, cloud who, of Warren Bait not Warren Beatty, uh, Warren uh, no Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. Ned Beatty. He was known Sweet for 11 squilling 11
1: like Beatty.
0: a pig. Yeah. <laughs> but you, is that a good thing? He was
1: very happy to be Otis. I'm yes. sure. I'm sure. Um, he was he was a good little henchman. He was great. I, I really enjoyed. And what, what what was the 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 assistant that Gene Hackman was always yelling for? Oh, Mitch. Misses
0: Miss something that... yeah. <laughs> Forget her name. He, he and even I, what I enjoyed about him is like he was he was such a likable villain. He was like he, well, was... he had a
1: plan. He actually had a plan.
0: Had a. What plan it was? or Was it a good plan or not? I don't know. I mean, he was well-defined. He, one of the things, is, is always it's always bugged me about, it's one of the few things that really perturbed me about Superman, in addition to the fact that he can literally do everything, is the one thing that he's vulnerable to is rocks from his home planet that was destroyed.
1: Maybe you can clarify this for me. Was that, was kryptonite something that was sort of invented for this movie and that carried on canon? Or was kryptonite something that was, that hurt Superman even before.
0: I think it was before, because I, I think I think they realized, and I don't know DC, I mean, I know Marvel Comics okay. I was, I mean, I was, I read some comics when I was a kid. A lot of mm-hmm. it came from, I collected comic book cards and uh, watched a lot of cartoons. Um, but if I remember correctly, um, and I don't have anywhere near as much DC, but action comics where Superman started, they basically overshot it and he was, like indestructible yeah so they had to come up with a weakness for him because they're like oh wait a minute we don't have anything that can stop him so (laughs) when he faces bad guys just gonna be like yeah this is really no problem guys how do you stop a god yeah so (laughs) it it came after he was initially created but I think it was before the movies okay Um, but yeah it was rocks from his home planet Krypton it's like oh Kryptonite as this planet that no one on earth had ever heard of but all of a sudden Everyone could get shards of this mystery. Oh my mystery god, planet. it's
1: everywhere! I was like, you checking out at Walmart, there range. was kryptonite in the, my friggin'
0: shoe the other day. Oh I'm, like I'm like walking oh around, like, oh, kryptonite and like, uh, cr- everywhere you turn. Kryptonite, it was like, uh, kryptonite is like, it's oh like my sand gosh. on the beach, just gets everywhere. Yeah, I'm just like, why is the one thing that can hurt him all of a sudden widely available to everyone? Yeah, I was like, this is. And it's a silly weakness. It day. is, it really is. It's a rock. Oh, it's his home. It's like you, is this like some sort of metaphor for you can't go home? Yeah, what is I mean, this? You can't because your planet. It's was literally from his home world. Yes,
1: I could see it being something that could harm because it's alien matter. Could harm humans, <laughs>
0: but I mean, if they don't seem to bother them at all. If his parents hadn't been violently incinerated in the destruction of their planet, he wouldn't actually be able to go and visit them. Because he, like if he went to his home planet, if it were still intact and it hadn't been violently destroyed. Yeah. And his parents weren't obliterated. And he wouldn't be able to go home again. Then yeah. He probably wouldn't have left. That wouldn't make a lot of sense. No, they wouldn't believe. have. They would <laughs> they would the planet is fine. Let's shoot our baby to Earth. Yeah. yeah. Earth deserves our baby. Then they're just
1: bad parents. But you know, he's just a baby on their planet. He could be a super god. You know, like why wouldn't you
0: shoot your Baby, shoot! We need to shoot more babies out into space. Is all I'm saying. Yeah, there could be planets out because if Superman, his powers were enhanced by our yellow sun, then there's other suns apparently out there that will enhance your baby's powers. So, quit
1: being so damn selfish, parents, yeah. and ship your baby into
0: space. Shoot your baby into space. Just fly him into space because you're holding him back his his full potential. Well, this is a, I feel I feel a new business venture just blossoming out of this, like little baby rockets. <laughs> Baby rockets, <laughs> shooting your baby somewhere <laughs> in space.
1: I think that maybe that's what um, the Tesla guy is actually doing. Yeah, Elon
0: Musk. Elon shooting, Musk is shooting babies. He's into space. He's looking for a way to shoot babies into space and create his own Superman. He's he's already he's already ahead of us. He's like a reverse but still evil Lex Luthor. Elon shoot, Musk shooting babies into space. He's watching how
1: did us. I forget Elon Musk? He's
0: watching us right
1: now. <laughs> he's for sure listening. In. Um okay so Superman leads way. Now I kind of try to group these movies together like so like the 80s came and of course you had just numerous Superman sequels. Yes. Uh from 1980 to 1987 you had just progressively worse Superman movies. Uh Superman 2 was pretty good. General Zod. General Zod is a great great villain. Uh, but it guy. has those problems of having like the two different visions, yeah. two different tries, like two tones of a movie yeah. that is a miracle somehow worked. And then three was awful, you know, with Richard, Richard Pryor. Richard Pryor. Yeah. And then four was just a garbage dump. You,
0: you, to be Golden honest, Globus is Superman. I four. don't even know if I saw the fourth one. Oh, God. It was like Nuclear Man. I like, I've, there's a part of me that feels like I did, but like, I, I re- literally couldn't tell you anything about it. John Cryer plays some like little surfer dude shit. Movie like it's just no good.
1: Like the I mean, as a kid, I liked it because it's just Superman. It it's Superman. But you know, you can't, you know, you can't objectively grade a movie when you're like too just too dumb. Like it's just Superman. I'm gonna yeah. accept it. Um, also, early '80s, you had Flash Gordon.
0: Flash Gordon. Flash. Ah. Made a huge impression on uh, what's his face from Family Guy.
1: Oh uh, yeah, Seth, uh, McFarlane. Seth MacFarlane.
0: Big <laughs> fan of the. Of the Flash Gordon,
1: and and yeah. I've never even seen Flash Gordon. Everything oh. I know about Flash is like because of the because of Ted, because of Ted, basically. I don't yeah. know.
0: I I know I've watched bits and pieces of it. I I don't know that I can say that I've. I know that I've never intentionally sat down and watched it. Yeah. But uh, I love the soundtrack. You it get some a great good soundtrack. Queen soundtrack yes. going in
1: there. I'm very upset that in Bohemian Rhapsody, they didn't even touch the making of The Flash. No. They didn't even talk about like you know the Highlander song either. Princess, yeah. Prince Princess of, the, of the Universe. Yes, God bless it, man. That's a badass song. song.
0: Here we are. <laughs> On to the world. The princes of the universe. You should just put the whole song in right now.
1: <laughs> I'm putting it, like it in right now. And and we people. are we are head banging right now and hopefully you, not getting a copyright strike. They you didn't need to like talk Adrian about Paul like you know right <laughs> the <laughs> uh, you overestimating princes, my skills. Man. yes bless oh, it, man. That's a badass song. song. Here we are.
0: <laughs> you could put like Adrian Paul right <laughs> in between us. <laughs> uh, the you're overestimating
1: my skills, man. Oh, you got skills. Here we are.
2: Kings. We're the of
1: the I have some skills. I can I can make a hamster appear,
0: but I can't do that. If we had bills, you would use those skills to pay said <laughs> bills. I know that for as a as a fact. I appreciate that. It's, it, it's very
1: kind of you. Very kind of you. Um, but you know, Flash Gordon. You know,
0: pretty. Uh, I'd say it's objectively bad. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's, it's got it's got a cult following but not for being good right it's when i was like you can look like it's awesomely bad it's an awesomely bad 80s superhero movie but believe it or not
1: things get even worse in like 1981 you have condor man oh yes i condor remember Condor Man. which <laughs> i remember the car being kind of cool and but it's a condor yeah and it, it's terrible and i think it's a disney movie actually it is a disney movie yeah Hopefully, when we get Disney Plus, we'll get a chance to see Condor. Well, bring Man. Condor Man. back. I love Condor Man. I I remember like seeing the box on VHS, but it, I've probably seen it on cable, just forgotten it's, about it because I'm sure it's just
0: a very. It's been a movie. while since I watched Condor Man. It's been a hot minute. Yes,
1: but Condor Man, very much like you know, it's you start to see companies going like, oh, okay, we, we need a, we need we need superheroes. Flash Gordon didn't really work out so great. I mean. I, Maybe it did okay for its time, but, you know, Condor Man, I'm pretty sure that was a huge
0: flop. Yeah.
1: 1982, he gets Swamp Thing. Ooh, yeah, with Adrian Barbeau. Yeah. So, good movie. Good movie. Good movie, but a very different kind of superhero. Um, Certainly, like, the first, it's it's almost like a uh,
0: universal monster type. See, this is when, uh, apparently, DC just wanted to shine in the 80s. Oh, for sure. Well, DC
1: was all there was. Yeah. You know, uh, the, whatever
0: Marvel has going now, it was DC up to... And the entries that Marvel had before the MCU were... I mean, it's oof, not great. We're, we're going to get there. Not, I know. And it There's a it, we, They it went bankrupt for a reason. Yes, you know. it doesn't make me happy. It doesn't make me happy either.
1: Uh, yeah, Swamp Thing, Swamp good. Swamp was good. Uh, then you had an 84, Toxic Avenger.
0: Oh, uh, Troma. <laughs> what would we have done without Troma? Yeah. We would all
1: be better people. But... But I'm am stretching it when I'm calling these like superhero movies. Like they're they're comic book fair, really. He had an action figure. But yeah, he had an action He had, figure. had an action figure.
0: <laughs> Kabuki uh, Man never did. He, he was Condor he, Man probably didn't either. Kabuki Man was nearly as popular in the films of trauma. But he never outshone the toxic event. Now, what is trauma exactly? What is the definition of trauma? Trauma films—they—they they were. I think they were almost. I don't think they're still in existence, and I don't know how far they spanned into the '90s. But they were—they like intentionally created B B movies. Okay, uh, it was—that's kind of what I thought. Because it was where I mean, James Gunn. He—that's part of what he got in trouble for—is when he was working with Trauma. So I guess they did kind of span into the '90s some. Yeah, I guess so. Um, but um, it w- it was—it was all meant to be like they were going to take kind of. Uh, these wild ideas of what probably never should be movies. Were they like
1: Hammer movies, kind
0: of. Kind of, um, because I mean, they were they were hastily made. They well, were, Hammer
1: movies were like all about like like crazy looking blood.
0: And, yeah, these you know. these were. I mean, they were meant to kind of push the envelope to Like, okay, let's make them a little bit more crass. Let's make let's yeah. let's let's see how far we can get. Let's see who we can offend at the same time gotcha. too. So. They were kind of purpose. So they were
1: they were trying to get reactions. Out yeah, of
0: they were they were they were poking the general public, trying to get people to notice them, and and they did, they did in a lot of ways. But yeah. whatever outcry they received was not you know was not overwhelming. It didn't it didn't jettison them to some kind of popularity that they hoped yeah. for. Gotcha. Um, so after the Toxic Avenger, you
1: had 1984. Once again, Supergirl. Yes. Because <laughs> we have Superman, we should probably have Supergirl. We should Supergirl. probably have Supergirl. Now I actually remember seeing Supergirl in theaters. So I have some fond memories of Supergirl, but I have not seen it probably since,
0: you know, then. They got that TV show about her now. You yeah. could watch that? You could watch that yeah. television program about Supergirl. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because it's this exact same character just yeah. as a girl. It yeah, just as a and girl, right. Then they made the, there's a dog in there too. There's a Super Supergirl. Supergirl was
1: awfully darn cute though.
0: I, I really, en- she was cute. She was a lot easier on the eyes than Christopher Reeves was for a, a Speak for yourself, man. Well, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> Christopher Reeves was a hunky guy. I don't know. When he had those glasses on, it just didn't
1: do anything for me. Yeah, right, fair enough. Uh, less said about Supergirl, maybe the better. Okay, yes. uh, here, here comes Marvel. Oh, good. old I know, plucky Marvel is about to jump right in in 1986 with is. Howard the Duck.
0: <laughs> Howard the Duck. But you know what? You know what? George Lucas <laughs> directed this movie. So. I know it gets a lot of shit, but I actually really it's enjoyed Howard movie. the Duck. It's a it's good a fun movie. Jeffrey
1: Jones is so damn enjoyable, and I like you got to like look at him pre whatever he is now. I, I loved I loved him in that movie. I thought his his bad guy,
0: the alien, was just great. And you know the the effect of Howard was pretty cool. You know, like the 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 fact that he was, I mean, like he was a guy in a suit. Yeah.
1: Well, it was like yeah, it was a guy in a suit, and we did a lot of animatronics.
0: Yes. And uh, I like the
1: voice actor who, who voiced Howard the Duck. Don't know his name, but he was good. And, you know, Leah Thompson, Leah super Thompson. cute. And also um, uh, Susan Sarandon's husband. Oh, yeah. Um, who's always trying to scan Ron Burgundy's thoughts. Tim yes. Robbins. Tim Robbins. Very young Tim Robbins. Um, but uh, here's the thing. were they? Ser- was this even a serious attempt? Like, why would they go right? You got Spider-Man. You, you got, got Iron Man. You got the Hulk.
0: You got a lot of other. You options. got a lot of other options, and they come out swinging with Howard the Duck. And I mean, and really, and really. I mean, when you think about it, too, you know, especially because we're we're talking mainly about movies. Yeah. But at this stage of the game, there have been television enterprises for some of those characters that did yeah. well. Animation for sure was. <sighs> I huge. mean, the, the Incredible Hulk program with uh, Bill Bixby. Oh and yeah, forget about that. Right, right, right. Huge, huge thing. I mean, there was a Spider-Man action. Sure. Wonder Woman. Too. Well, um, that's DC. But, but I mean, they they, they, uh, they had had a number of entries into the Marvel um, universe at this point, not in film, right. but it is. It's, it's kind of an interesting question. Like, Howard the Duck is the first place you go to. Like, you don't review, you know... I mean, you think film is
1: kind of like the crown jewel of your entertainment empire. You know, television is very profitable, but
0: it's film, man. Film. It's, and people loved the characters that had already been presented, so it's like... Okay, we're going to go straight to Howard the Duck, because we think people really want to see this wise cracking duck from another planet.
1: Yeah, I don't know, man. That's just George Lucas, after Star Wars, just didn't know what the hell he was going to do. Because, you know, and then he did Willow a couple years after that. But, yeah. you know, it, it was popular with kids, even though it's very adult. It's very adult. It's very yeah. adult, like duck titties, like yeah. in the beginning of the movie. You're just like, duck. Whoa. I'm going to say that again, duck titties. Titties. Okay. That's
0: that's where the movie starts.
1: That's how it starts.
0: That's how we're kicking that one off. And Howard's got
1: like rubbers in his
0: yeah. wallet, and he's getting it on with. We had... yeah. There's there's a serious departure there from the comic code. <laughs> and uh, and it's funny too because you know like Howard
1: Ducks kind of made the cameos in the yeah. MCU, and uh, Kevin Smith Green. is supposedly like working on a either it's either a comic or a cartoon version of Howard the Duck. So that like that's that's in the works. Could be really funny, you know. I think so. Yeah. Um, but that but that's just to give you an idea. Like w- the you're kind of scraping the bottom. Th- that was expected to be a big hit.
0: Yes, it was. You, expected you get to George
1: be. Lucas after Star Wars, and I think this is right after this. Had he done anything afterwards? Was this the first thing Lucas had done? Um, other than Crumble Indiana Jones. That.
0: I mean, he was, yeah. you know, producing Indiana Jones, I guess. Well, that's, because that's the thing is like, I mean, even even with Star Wars, like, he just directed the first one. He was involved, obviously, with yeah. Empire and with uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. But it was like, he wasn't directing those. So this is, when you have George Lucas and you're like, okay, he's, everything up to this point that George Lucas has been involved in has been pretty fantastic. Oh, my God, well. yes. And you're like, oh. So it's one of those things where you're like, I don't know the narrative behind it, but it feels like, I don't know if George Lucas just went in and was like, all right, I want to do this duck movie.
1: Donald Duck's popular, Daffy Duck's popular. Ducks
0: are in, baby. Kids love ducks. Let me tell you, the kids today are into ducks. I've done research. And they're into the duck form, if you know what I mean. I've asked a number of children. I've driven around in a van around town, rolling down my window asking children, what do you think about ducks? And the kids are all like, "What?" and they run away <laughs> screaming. But it's very positive. But going. I
1: got a—I I got the gist I'm, of what they—they were saying. Yeah, you know?
0: they're so—they're so enamored with ducks that when I ask them about ducks, they just go into a frenzy.
1: And when like, I wipe the mace out of my eyes, let me tell you, I couldn't wait to bang away on that typewriter. I that knew I had a
0: billion-dollar Howard the Duck. The action figures are going to be astounding. Yeah, that's. That's how Jeffrey Jones got involved in all this. Was he was driving around with him in the van? Oh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> oh, I went there. I went there. Ugh, sorry, Jeffrey. I'm you not.
1: deserve it. You deserve it. Yeah, okay. you have that one coming. So yeah, Howard the Duck, um, popular amongst kids. There's there's a there's a nostalgia for it. but yes. Again, objectively not good. Uh, so then after that bomb of a movie, we got some cool down period until a little movie in 1989. 89. I know, right. Your next milestone movie in my book. I Michael agree. Keaton as the Batman. Batman. I have so, Batman 89 is one of, you know, we we were kind of kicking around the idea, like, oh, we'll do our five favorite superhero movies, you and, you know, me and you, and we'll do that format. And then we we're like, oh, we'll just talk through the evolution and we'll we'll kind of do that and it'll be fun to do that too. But if we were to have five movies, I would for sure have Batman 89. On my list, you probably may too, or could just be a bunch of NC movies. I don't
0: know. It, it, it's it's a hard one to ignore because it really was a game changer. I mean, as as big as Superman was in the late '70s and then through the '80s, um, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily obviously that Batman paved the way. He had he had a good foundation, but when he showed up, he changed he changed the game. He changed the the understanding of what. Um, what a superhero movie was going to be. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, Warner Brothers went
1: all in on Batman. Right, you, Rightfully you know, so. In, in the summer of 1989, you could not get away from that black T-shirt with the yellow Batman oh logo. Oh, no. You know, it, on, and, and in the marketing push, like you know, Taco Bell, like, I remember like clamoring for those cups. Yep. I had a just probably six to 10 of those Batman plastic cups. Loved them. Uh, you had, in, in the merchandising, I mean, Nowadays, like you'll walk into a Coles or a Pennies or wherever, you know, there's just tons of superhero yep. you know, like Marvel, DC, you name it. But in nineteen eighty nine, it was just Batman, Batman.
0: Batman everywhere. He eclipsed everything. He did. That's a good. And rightfully to so. Rightfully so. They executed that movie very well. I mean, from from the start. I mean, you just got a good feeling of what the character was gonna be. And throughout the movie and I I think it's why I mean Michael Keaton. You know it's it's one of those it's always hard because like i mean he's 1966 we have batman the movie yeah you got so adam west and so he's not the first portrayal of it no but he it, was michael keaton was like the first guy to have to shake a previous persona yes. of a
1: superhero character
0: and and because that's up until this point i mean outside of the comics um you have this this character who is frozen in time as this campy you know blue spandex wearing guy mm-hmm. who's you know who's always trying to teach everybody a, a lesson in morality and you know he, he's in a he's in a, a club dancing with with kids and, you know <laughs> it's like it's this really goofy kind of thing so yeah. there's getting kind of kinky with the kit yes i yeah. mean you know julie newmar was my personal favorite for Kellum, but uh, she's great um, when you, when you Caesar, think about... Cesar Romero. Oh, as the Joker. Yeah. And, and, and that's the same, same kind of thing. It's like, okay, Cesar Romero yeah. in the 60s Batman, yep. he, I mean, he was a clown. He really was a clown. Yes. It was, yes. you know, he would trap Batman, but it was always this really jokey, yes. goofy kind of way. Yes. So Jack Nicholson, the same kind of thing. It's like, okay, he looked the same, but very, very, very different tone. And it, I mean, they shook off anything childish about the movie immediately. Thanks to Tim Burton. I yes. mean, Tim
1: Burton came in and immediately nailed that dark tone that Batman Absolutely. has just kind of carried with him, with a few you know screw ups here and like from Joel Schumacher or whatever. But uh, but but he nailed <sighs> wow. that tone. And it come to like it's so crazy to me that the director of Beetlejuice and the star of Beetlejuice just come over the next year and just make it work. Nicholson was very believable right away as the Joker. Oh, yeah. You could look at him and go, "Oh yeah, that's that's good casting right there." But, you know, Michael Keaton today is still he's still my Batman.
0: And and he uh, like the I think one of the best things about him um because it's it it always enters the discussion for me anymore when discussing Batman because there've been so many iterations up to this point. Any now, yeah. Is um who and, and Keaton I think really genuinely did it the best with no you know, with nothing to uh, to map it against but Adam West, right? Um, to say how do you play the character of Bruce Wayne and the character of Batman because they are dramatically different entities in in their own right. And, and he didn't
1: just Keaton it. Like, no. yeah, there was the, like, you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. There was that Great moment. Line. Great line.
0: Yes, there was that
1: moment. But he he was very respectful, I think, of that character. Like, he actually gave it some thought. He didn't just come in and be Michael Keaton. No. He he did and he didn't um but you know it was just amazing i loved all of the you know vehicles oh was, what were you going to say that no no the 89 batmobile oh my god i love that thing so much it was so amazing you know and I, I don't want to I, I i give mad respect to all of the other batmobiles beyond that i have a i have an affinity for the tumbler the tumblers the cool. most recent batmobile was okay uh, but that, oh, that yeah. 89 Batmobile, and the 66 Batmobile, also very iconic and cool. Yes. But I, I love but the Batwing. The, 80, bat the weave,
0: 89 Bat. The, the look of Gotham City. Oh, it was it, it was really, I mean like, it was down and dark, like it was, because it wasn't I mean, it just It felt gothic, like that yes. defined what gothic meant to me. It, <laughs> it really did, I and mean, that was, I mean there were so many aspects of it that just, really, uh, you know, Tim Burton is fans for a lot of things, but I think it, it, you can almost overlook his contribution to the world of Batman because Tim Burton didn't create Batman. Tim Burton didn't create the universe in which Batman existed. Tim Burton created the universe that we understood Batman. I don't even think, in. I don't even know for a fact that he wasn't a huge Batman fan. It, it, uh, it, and I feel like he really wasn't. It, it doesn't it doesn't translate from his persona that he would have been that, yeah. but his Everything that he really subscribes to, as far as what makes him Tim Burton, married so well with um, the that emerging world. You know, we're shaking off this this campy, you know, superheroes stand for everything. I mean, like he because I mean, Batman really. You know, in terms that you want to use from today's world, Batman is an anti-hero. Batman, mm-hmm. he has his he has his lines he won't cross. He's a necessary evil, but it is. It's one of those things like he operates outside of the law. I right. mean in, you know, up until this point, you know, and he still does operate in conjunction with Commissioner Gordon. And he is just a man. Yeah. What makes Batman so special is his intellect and his money, of
1: course. But that that's what makes him a superhero.
0: And he, I mean, like, that was, and especially especially in that first first run where you had Michael Keaton, then you had Val Kilmer, and then you had George Clooney. Yeah. He was definitively the most convincing, but I think especially as you've had a number of other really capable people go up against him. Yeah. You know, there, I just, you know, there's something intrinsic in his portrayal of Batman that just has lasted. It's not just as like, oh, well, he's the first, so he's the. It's like, no, he really, really, really did the character well. And you know, Vicky Vale, um, Kim, Basinger, Kim ba- Bas- yeah, I'd, I'd say I don't know. It, don't know. As, I don't know <laughs> i name. But that,
1: my first crush, probably. I, I, I mean, I'd mentioned Jennifer Connelly in the past, but I, Kim Kim Pascal, oh, woof, That was gosh, that
0: was. and so It was. I mean, it was a great. A great um, heroine too. Yeah. And she she was capable. I mean, she was, you know, she was not just this damsel to be rescued. She had moments where she was, but she was she was a capable female. Um, you know, she wasn't a protagonist, but she was she was capable. She, you know, in some respects, she gave Bruce Wayne and Batman a little bit of a run for his money, which, you know, I think helped categorize him as well. To where it's like, you know, Bruce Wayne had this you know this dangerous aspect to him that attracted know you know, he, he he could have you know any of the socialite kind of you know those but he's he had this attraction to somebody that had a, a brooding nature as well yeah. robert wall was very yes. funny in that role that he, you know
1: he didn't have a lot of screen time but he made every minute count yes he did um uh jack was
0: it uh jack palance or oh yeah the who played uh, what's his face um you're my number one yeah a guy this is
1: pre-curly <laughs> City Slenders. <laughs> yeah, pre-Curly. He was magnificent. He was great. Um, the guy who played Eckhart was great. Oh yeah. The the you know sweaty fat, you know Yeah, little, just the
0: disgusting. Just the disgusting
1: little... cop that yeah. you uh, like you know, corrupt on the take yeah. kind of guy. Um and the actor who played Alfred, that that'll always kind of be my yeah. Alfred. Um that he that was great. Look, he was just so good. God, he was just like the perfect little grandpa. And you know they've they've really experimented with the uh you know um well, I can't uh, <laughs> what was his name Alfred they've Alfred, really, Alfred Pennyworth uh, my brain's yeah they, they they really kind of like he's gotten like more and more kind of badass over over the like now he's um uh what's his face okay
0: or no, who was he? I was, yeah, now Michael uh,
1: Caine was, you know, in the in yeah. the uh, Nolan movies, but because uh, I don't, count he played them Scar and and the uh, Jeremy line... Irons. Yeah, Jeremy yeah, Irons. Irons, and I, and I've liked them all. They've been good, uh, but but that
0: Alfred was seemed like he seemed the most butlery of all. Jer- of them. And Jeremy, Jer- like I like Jeremy Irons. I do too. I really do. Yeah. And it was it wasn't it wasn't the worst casting they could do. No. But it just didn't make any sense to me. It was <laughs> just like. He, no, like he makes sense as like a sidekick to Batman. Yeah, he doesn't make sense as a butler. Michael Caine's
1: probably the best Alfred, honestly. He's as far as what he brought to the character. But he he really he really elevated the character. Um, he had that wisdom, like Alfred kind of was like quiet wisdom. Yeah. Um, but but Michael Caine was really always there for the speeches. Yeah. Um, so after 89 Batman, which was a phenomenon, I can't even, you know, like I, one of the first VHS tapes I ever owned, that yeah. black, beautiful black Wonderful. box. Oh, uh, then you had a, a sequel pretty soon after that in 91, you had, er, yeah, 91. Um, we'll, we'll, just talk about the Batman movies real quick. Um, no, I will save it. We'll save it. We'll go into the nineties. Um, oh, uh, I can't actually, uh, we'd mentioned we got another failed in Marvel property here. And I'm talking about Dolph Lundgren's take. This is not a failure.
0: Not a failure. (laughs) This is so not a failure. This movie is phenomenal. He went from He-Man to the Punisher. (laughs) That
1: movie was terrible.
0: (laughs) That movie was amazing. He rode a motorcycle in the sewers. (laughs) The only thing, Uh. the the one thing about Dolph Lundgren's Punisher that was, uh, was disappointing is he at no point in the entire film... Has anything that has the Punisher no. on it at all? Could they not? He's, could they
1: afford the name but not the uh, the most famous thing? He's the apparently skull? just a guy riding around a motorcycle <laughs> in the sewers fighting crime. They very well could have just had been making a movie about a badass who rides around in a motorcycle and just at the last minute got the it's Punisher. Called name. the Punisher. Oh, the kids are loving this Batman movie. We got to get another superhero who's dark and broody. We got oh Punisher. We'll buy no. that for a few dollars. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> Marvel's desperate.
0: The, uh, They're still licking their wounds from Howard the Duck. They'll do anything. The, the, the bad guy. It was, it, was, it was the same guy oh, from... Oh, my God. Uh, I don't remember that movie it, at all. He was the same guy. I think... I want to say it was the same guy that was the bad guy from The Fugitive, um, the Frenchy kind of guy, whatever it is, the guy that framed Dr. Kimball in oh, The Oh, really? Fugitive. I think oh, it was the Jesus same guy. Christ. I'm not going to look that up.
1: Uh, I, while you're looking that up, I would normally try and talk to kind of carry it and make sure we don't have... Silence, yes. but I don't talk, know anything talk about Talk about
0: how much you love the first <laughs> Punisher
1: movie. I'm not even sure that it was a theatrical release. It probably was for just the shortest period of time. But I, I just seem to remember... Lou
0: Gossett Jr., too. I forgot about Lou Gossett oh, Jr. Oh,
1: Iron Eagle. Yes. Yes, Lou Gossett Jr. Now that that's sad. <laughs> Lou Gossett Jr. had falling that low.
0: It is. It's the same guy. It's the same, it's the, the same guy? The, well the done. guy. Well from, done. The bad guy from The Punisher, Gianni Franco. Um, was the same guy, Doctor Charles something or other from? Uh, that would be James
1: Franco's dad, right?
0: I think so. Yeah, I think it was. That's James...
1: confirmed. Don't even fact check that. Yes, I'm not even gonna. <laughs> don't look tell it up.
0: us we're wrong because we're right. We are always right. Always right. Always. But yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't ever. But yeah, the the Punisher. I. I Technically, I own every movie that Marvel has ever put out on um, yeah. home video. Is that even there's... available on DVD? It or... is. Okay, I had to have it imported, but I got it. Okay, so <laughs> I have it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I think Marvel has like fifty movies that are. I own all of them. Oh my god! Just Dedication. because. Just because. And that was. It was like when I got that one, I was like, "Oh yes!" So because, and then I'll... immediately you were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> of the Punisher series, that one to me, not the worst Punisher movie whoa interesting i can't I, wait to I hear would, what you think is the worst one the, i would watch that one before i would watch warzone okay okay now i haven't seen warzone so i it's it's entertaining but i like i mean i i will i would watch the 89 one before i would watch Warzone.
1: interesting interesting and then in 1989 again you're like Dave, hey, don't forget about the swamp thing you got return of the swamp thing. yes uh which you know i remember not being that bad
0: no it was it okay. was, it, it was one of, like it was in the background That's it was what. in the background yeah It was overshadowed, unfortunately, because Batman and the Punisher were such huge successes.
1: But because of Batman and its success, you got a whole bunch of movies coming out. In 1990, you got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. uh, Which would also be in my top five favorite. Yes. Uh, That movie is very faithful to the Eastman and Laird graphic novel. Just incredibly faithful to it. Great movie. Um, Not so much like the cartoon. No. At all, which was surprising to me because I was so excited to hear this. You know, When I heard they were making a Ninja Turtles movie... And you know, I'm I'm like I barely even know what um, you know Ninja Turtles was. I just knew it from the cartoon. Yep. Didn't know about this history of it being in the graphic novels. Uh, but an yeah, insanely it, hard video game.
2: Oh my god! Yes, that
0: that game is just tenderly not it. fun. It's like here, that seaweed. <laughs> Let's make a game for kids who love these characters that they'll never in a billion years <laughs> beat. You get past the second level. Not right. even with a game genie can you beat no,
1: that damn shit. You can't. That it's shit's is too unbeatable hard. unbeatable game. Yeah. They didn't even program an ending to the game because they just knew that people would stop at the seaweed.
0: I think that game, is, for a lot of kids, is probably their first foray into just really full-on profanity. Just... <laughs> I learned how to swear. This game provoked me to such rage that the only response I felt was... was uh, relief enough was just bouts of just intense profanity.
1: Never heard it before in your life. It just sprang out of you. Yep. It just magically What just did me. like like demons who possess people yes. and they speak perfect Latin, just sailor talk yep. right just out of your nothing mouth. Nothing but just four filth letter, just the, filth.
0: <laughs> I mean the kind of stuff that would make George Carlin blush. Ooh gosh. That's what I this video it. game elicited it. from children.
1: But TMNT, huge, huge hit. Great. So now you're like, oh, like superhero movies, doing great. Doing yes. great. 1990, Dick Tracy uh, was a big deal. Yes. Warren Beatty is like, now that was interesting too, because like you have a very well-known commodity and actor, Warren Beatty, yes. and you have Madonna. And the movie, beautiful to look at. Um, Al Pacino. Al Pacino, yes. Rainbow. I want Tracy dead. <laughs> you know, that whole tirade. And uh, Mandy Patinkin, Mandy Patinkin, he was in that movie, he was yeah. great. Um, but that, that's just, I, I've only seen him like one, it didn't hit like I didn't. I, first of all, I didn't care about Dick Tracy, that's kind of where they started. Like, you know, they thought any kind of comic book property they yeah. could just rip and then have it. And then, you know, other than the looks of the movie, and I think Disney was responsible, for I that think so as well. too. Yeah. Other than the looks of the movie, I just didn't do anything for
0: it, which, yeah, me. I mean, admittedly, because I I started to rewatch it. I mean, it's been within the last month. Yeah. Um,
1: I, I would like to watch it again. It's been since when it first
0: came I, out. I started to watch it. I was watching it with Tucker, and um, it had been a while since I'd seen it. Mm. And there were there were just like one too many things, and I was like, ah, this might get me in trouble watching with my kids. With Madonna, I can um, imagine. Yeah. Yeah. She's very like, seductive. Yeah, they they really played that up because I was like, oh, I'm probably just turn this off. And my boobs are popping. She, yeah, and it was it was like this is this is Disney. This is... <laughs> well, this is the
1: yeah, this is Disney. Mike... Was they they didn't know what they were doing. Like was, Michael Eisner's oh. shaking it up. <laughs> you know, it's was it was like ah, like, oh, we're we're rocking with Little Mermaid. Bring me Dick Tracy. Yes, get me Madonna. That that's no, like, boy, oh boy, that's what little girls need to see. But yeah, it was little boys, little girls. It was it, discovering it was... their their. Self. <laughs> yes. It was a coming of age film. For a, a number of ah oh, pun tastic. Yes. All right. So, but Dick Tracy, um, a success, but not a not not a Batman level success. Not what they were hoping. So, be. with that, you're like, ooh, okay. But we're not going to stop making superhero movies. No. There's there's money to be made. Um, Captain America. I have the, that. Yes. Uh, and I think that was just a video, directed video release. But yeah, it was... it, it it's. It's a good footnote, you know. You got to mention it, uh-huh.
0: and uh, not terrible. It. Not terrible. It. It's you not. Mean, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not the worst thing you could ever watch. It's far from the best, but it's not the worst.
1: Now, does it have Red Skull in it? If I'm not mistaken. Yes. Yeah, a
0: okay. Not great Red Skull.
1: <laughs> not, a not
0: great Red a Skull. Not great Red Skull.
1: And a not Chris Evans Captain yes. America. Um, and then you know you got like Batman Returns, uh, which was uh, now that now this is interesting because. This feels very much like a Tim Burton movie. Now Batman yes. felt like a Tim Burton movie. This this smacks of Tim Burton. Oh, this yeah, this is just drenched in Tim Burton. It's just oozing with Tim Burton. But I loved it still. You know, I I love Danny DeVito as the penguin. I love Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. Uh, you know, once again, Batman, Michael Keaton is the last Michael Keaton we got, and it was great. Um Max Schreck, yes. loved him. Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken, doing his Christopher Walken. Loved it. It's just all great. And it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. It's a great Christmas movie. Yeah. I love the setting of it because it is like Christmas time. Uh, and then once again, Gotham City's beautiful. And it ends kind of strangely, but yeah, whatever. Um, after that, we have The Rocketeer. Yeah. Disney once again. We're going to... Okay, did, Tracy didn't work out. We're going to go with uh, The let's, Rocketeer.
0: Let's take something from an even further back <laughs> portion of time. Kids, uh, you know, kids was Howard good, the Duck not available? They're going to get tired of all these new fangled superheroes. Let's take it back to the 40s. Kids I, love the 40s. I actually
1: adore The Rocketeer. It I, was a good movie. It was really, really good. Alan Arkin, uh, Jennifer Connelly, uh, and then uh, the guy that played The Rocketeer. Campbell, something Campbell. Not Bruce Campbell, obviously. Wayne Wayne Campbell. <laughs>
0: different Campbell.
1: Yeah, I, I really I love the look of that movie. That the the score of that movie is really good, and uh, the effects hold up pretty well, actually. I don't know that I've watched it since it first came out. Oh my God, it's it's really good. Um, after so, The Rocketeer was a, it was a failure though. It
0: yeah, it didn't it didn't hit early. Start, I,
1: so. I remember being very excited to see it. I went to see it at the theaters and loved every second of it. Uh, but it was not a it was it was very disappointing returns for them. So ooh, some, couple chinks in the armor now apparently. Dick Tracy, Rocketeer, not so good. Uh, and because of the Rocketeer, and probably also because of Dick Tracy, things got cold again. Yeah. We didn't really get another superhero movie until 1993, The Crow. Yeah.
0: And that... And that, that was, was very, very much in the background as well. And that was a very different kind of superhero movie, different kind of... It, it really, I mean, it, it played further. It, it was nice because our, that's probably when you start to really see, now that Batman has really kind of nailed it, uh, a darker superhero is more acceptable, um, a, uh, a and obviously with The Crow, you take it to uh, a much uh, much more vengeful, you know, and much more violent uh, area. Here's the way I look at it. You know, like at the beginning of each decade,
1: it's you're still sort of in the previous decade. Yeah. The early 90s movies still had a bit of an 80s feel to them. Yeah, they did. To me, The Crow is the first
0: true '90s superhero movie. The music was very '90s. The the every, tone was very '90s. The tone was very '90s. It's, the you no, know, very uh, very Gen X. The visuals were very grunge. Yes, um, and that matched up very much with the tone of, of the of the early '90s. Um, it, yeah, it really that one really departed from what we had gotten up to this point. Yeah, and, and even I mean even with Batman Returns, which was I mean, Batman was dark. Batman Returns yeah. was was darker in a different kind of sense. Um, this one was just like I mean, just just straight. It was grungy. You yeah, nailed it, was, it. You absolutely yeah. nailed it with that description.
1: The streets looked dirty and non- grungy. The everything was grungy. And obviously a lot of a lot of that movie's overshadowed by the tragedy of Brandon, Brandon Lee, Lee being killed during the filming of the movie. Um, I, I personally don't think Brandon
0: Lee was going to be the big breakout star that people he, kind of made no, he, him out to be. He wasn't going near... I mean, it had been a long time since his dad had really... since mm-hmm. Bruce Lee had been really... And he wasn't
1: as talented as his no. dad.
0: No. but he was a nice-looking guy, and he, you know, he... But he'd been in kind of garbagey movies. He he point. had been in other stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. it wasn't like this was the first role he'd been in. But Brandon Lee had been in stuff, and people weren't, like, overwhelmed by it. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, he... And it's it's not surprising that Jason Momoa almost played the crow, and uh, I think at this point it's been sufficiently shut down. Yeah. They were going to have him play the crow in a new iteration of it, but he he reminds me of uh, Jason Momoa. Like hmm. he's good in some senses, but in in a lot. I mean, because Jason Momoa has been in a number of films, people just yeah. don't realize that he's because he. I liked him in Bullet to the Head. <laughs> He was good. good he that. was good in Bullet to the Head. Yeah. Um, I saw him in Once Upon a Time in Venice with uh, Bruce Willis, which was a fun little flick. But it's one I was like Jason Momoa just does not have a lot of range. Yeah, he doesn't have a lot of range, and so he doesn't have a lot of you know on-screen presence outside of something like you know Fish Boy is. I don't even, you I, won't even, I, re- won't give even him the, I won't You won't it, even
1: man. say his name. I
0: started to. And I was like, no, he's. <laughs> you Fishboy.
1: almost said
0: Aquaman. I did, and I was like, you know, he's Fish Boy. <laughs> No, but, you don't. You don't even get the pleasure. Yeah, he uh, he, <laughs> he was great casting for that because if you're gonna have somebody play Fish Boy, Jason Momoa really just kind of hits that mark, I think. Um, <laughs> but I, there, I mean, one of the, like the because the Crow. I mean, I, I, had a, I had a buddy in high school who was big big into the Crow. Yeah. Um, and it was it was just it was this it spoke to the '90s kids. Yeah. It really did. It was it was the superhero that a lot because you have this divergence of uh, you know in the early 90s you had all kind of these new and of those goth kids really yeah he was he was what the goth kids were he was what they were copying behind.
1: his look really yeah uh, hot topic owes their entire oh. existence to Brandon Lee
0: and the Crow and there was i mean there was some really there was some great dialogue in that movie there were some really great scenes in that movie it was a legitimately good movie yeah and Mer- not a lot of money
1: behind it not a not a character that anybody would have recognized no um, but for what what the hand they were dealt, they really made Dude. do with it. They
0: did a good job. The first time Ernie Hudson yeah. was really anything since the Ghostbusters.
1: So the Crow um, came and went. wasn't a huge hit, but it yep. found like a cult following on DVD Definitely. and things like that, yep. and a great soundtrack. Yep. Um, now in 1994, once again they're pulling from the you know the the ranks of old decrepit comics. The Shadow. The Shadow. With Alec Baldwin. Uh, didn't actually see it.
0: I love that movie. Is it I pretty really good? Did. I really love that movie. I, I own you're not movie. even being ironic. No, no. I it is it is a fun movie. Okay. Um uh, I had I had action figures. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men <laughs>
1: The shadow knows. Armed with quickdraw forty-five, the mysterious crime fighter faces the evil Shawan Khan. But Shadow's no eyes cloud men's minds. You will
2: obey.
0: From from really, kind of, yes. Oh, wow. It was. I had, I had the car that he uses. I had a couple of different action figures. It was it was surprisingly entertaining to me. I'll have to give that uh, a try. Is because uh, I like Alec Baldwin. Is the Phantom. On, on your list as well. Oh, yeah. With Billy Zane. Okay. Yeah, cool. That was coming up. I didn't, I, I kind of ruined that. I'm sorry. No, that's they, fine. You're fine. We, they, we can
1: talk about The Phantom, too.
0: They, because they, they were very synonymous for me because they've, came... you should listen
1: to your friend Billy Zane. Yes. <laughs> it
0: was, it was one of those, I'm like, yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any other real significant um, exposure to Alec Baldwin prior to The Shadow. Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. Um, but I, he was in a lot of uh, heart frobby Like, yeah. you saw a lot of Alec Baldwin's hairy chest, yeah. which movies weren't in your, you know, scope. I would think being a, being a, a youth at the time. Yeah, that was not as much of my Alec Baldwin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this, he was spending a lot of time hot and sweaty. Yes, this <laughs> this this was this was a fun little because it was um, it, it was interesting because uh, I, I, I commercially I don't feel like it probably did any any better than Dick Tracy did. Oh, it did worse. Yeah, I, think, I was, yeah. was going to say it probably did worse. It, it's, it's And it didn't get the marketing too that Dick yeah. Tracy did. It, it was because it was the same. It was the same thing. It's the same time frame. Yeah. It's one of those. I'm like, okay, nobody wants to watch movies from this time frame, but uh, I guess it's just like the people that were make who were in control and had
1: were making the decisions. I guess they just that was their childhood, and they were just like not making that, decisions that with their brain, but more or less with, you know, their emotions, I guess. I don't yeah.
0: Know. It, was, I mean, it was. it was. It was. It was a fun movie. Had. Um, Let's see. Uh, Alec Baldwin played the Shadow. Um, Penelope Ann Miller was. Uh, She's nice. She's good. She she was uh, the the female lead. It had uh, Jonathan Winter. Uh, he was the police chief in it, and uh, it was he was. You mean Mork from Ork's dad? Yes. Awesome. He was. Or was it his granddad? I can't remember. I oh, don't. It doesn't matter. But he he was in it. He was the police chief. It was it was fun. Um, I can't remember the guy that played the. Uh, uh, he was he was one of the. Um, Khan's. He was he was a descendant of Genghis Khan. That was his antagonist. Hmm. Okay. Um, uh, Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen was in Sir Ian McKellen before
1: he was a Sir. Before yes. he was Gandalf.
0: He was uh, Penelope Ann Miller's dad. He was the scientist that was creating the bomb for the uh, for the bad guy for the Khan. And then um, uh, who? What was the guy? He was Ray Romano's dad on the the TV show. I can't remember uh, what his name is now. Um, Frankenstein. He, yeah he uh, <laughs> he he was he was kind of his is number two. He was his cab driver. Yeah, but it was. It was. I. I, I enjoyed it. Cool. I. I would. I would definitely vouch for so that. So you movie. vouch for that. I will um, vouch for that. Movie.
1: But you know. It's, but it. It was. Uh. It. It was. Uh. Once again, the studios taking yeah. a gamble on a superhero movie did. that's not paying off. Um. After that, we have The Mask with Jim Carrey, which is really not so much a superhero movie as it was a Jim Carrey movie.
0: Insanely popular, but not because it was a superhero movie. Well, and the the comics were very different. The comics had a much darker tone. I mean, they played it up to match the Jim Carrey that everyone was loving in the box office. Uh-huh. But the the he the the mask because he wasn't even necessarily known as the mask until that movie came out. He had a couple other names that he primarily went by. But uh, it was it was a, a similar kind of tone, but darker at the same time. Like the mask was a little bit more violent, a little bit more um, intense. Than the movie was, mm. um, I would I would love to see. Uh, the movie's very silly. Yeah, the movie is very silly, very Jim Carrey, very early, you know mid nineties Jim Carrey. Um, and one of the, my least favorite Jim Carrey movies. I'll Admit that <coughs> I, I did not like the mask. I I have not watched it in a while. I did enjoy it because I, I I could identify with the character of Stanley because I'm an adult now who watches far too many cartoons. <laughs> um, and if I had a mask Hell, it allowed yeah, me, I see that allowed me, that's the kind of stuff. If I had a magic mask that allowed me to do whatever, that's the kind of stuff that I would do. I just pull hijinks and pranks and be goofy yeah
1: so after the mask for me this is the pit the bottom 1995 so you had Batman Forever which was a huge hit unfortunately but it was it was the fool's it was the Joel Schumacher fool's gold it it was everything that Batman would like (sighs) I liked Batman Forever I thought it was good
0: but they it, everything that was people good. hated
1: about Batman and Robin was right there with, yeah. with Batman Forever, um, and
0: but that's not the worst of it. Judge Dredd. See the the new Dredd, I think hit a lot closer to what they wanted it to yes, be. Yes, yes. Uh, which is unfortunate because Keith I mean, Urban. He, he, yeah. Um, well, there's even more new Dredd, actually, isn't there? There's, the, uh, the, uh, I know they have a sequel in the works, yeah. um, but he uh, he was. It was the hard. The hard thing is they cast Sylvester Stallone as Judge Dredd, which (laughs) they had to. He was the name. It it works for the box office, but not for the character. Yeah, you know, and and Judge Dredd
1: had a cool look to it. It's a it's a good story too. I mean, it it, it wasn't even that good. Uh, Rob uh, Rob Schneider was was a little
0: plucky comedic. (laughs) Don't
1: call us plucky. We don't know what that means. (laughs) But you know, Judge Dredd, uh, a bomb,
0: a huge bomb. It was not. Yeah, not. It was ahead of its time.
1: Also 1995, The
0: Phantom. Ben Billy Zane. Zane. again. Uh again. Christy Swanson.
1: Mm, I like that Christy um, Swanson, but uh, I've never seen The Phantom. Treat, Treat
0: Williams. <laughs> who, who was, uh,
1: He's like a poor man's Harrison Ford.
0: Who was the first guy that was in the, the movie The Substitute? I can't remember his name now.
1: Oh, Tom Berenger! Tom Berenger—he's hey, a poor man, Tom Berenger.
0: <laughs> I say that specifically because Treat Williams reprised the role, I think, three more times. Oh, he, lord! Tom Berenger played the substitute. I'm just Treat excited Williams.
1: that I remembered a name you didn't yes. remember. Yes,
0: I'm so glad. Score to do. one for Ron. Well done. So. <laughs> I um, love Tom Berenger.
1: <laughs> he's a fantastic individual. Yes, he yeah. really was. The Major Leagues, the greatest baseball movie. Ever. No, it's not actually. <laughs> I liked it though. <clears throat> but the the Phantom, you you saw it, yes, right? Yes, I did. I've seen it a number of times.
0: You liked it? It was yeah, It was an energy, It was the same kind of thing. It was. It, I'm pretty sure it was a, a radio serial from back in the day. It was, yeah. So and it was again same same kind of time frame as the Shadow and and Dick Tracy. So yeah. it called back to a lot of that. If you uh, like that era of of movies, there you know, something to want something to to appreciate there. And like for for me now, they're fun to go back because like I uh, they they were. They were ones to to me what they represented as um, uh, weekends because you know, we we rented a lot of movies when I was a kid we went we went to a fair number of movies too yeah and these these are ones that was like yeah they're not the huge blockbuster releases but for me they were ones that were like okay you know I, this would have. It, would have, a, okay. would have been a it would have been it would have played well it would at have home. played well it was like all right yeah. hey let's we're gonna rent the shadow this weekend. it's like a great definition of a rental you know yeah. like you would see a, a movie come out you're rent. like
1: that's a good rental
0: yep that's these defined that i think
1: and then you had tank girl
0: <sighs> tank girl which again it was that was a departure from the standard fare that you were getting that was a that yeah. was a, a very 90s
1: oh yeah lori petty lori um petty. i remember i remember lori petty from that movie and that bjork song army of me or whatever um but i i liked the look of the movie but you know it it again though no, it's it was just superhero movies were in a bad place at this yeah point. they were no, nobody was lining up to see tank girl no unfortunately not so 1997 uh another bad year of course you had batman and robin worst batman movie by
0: a mile yeah um, and then you had Spawn, which was pretty disappointing. It, yeah, because Spawn had a a solid following. I mean, Todd McFarlane, by 97, had really cemented himself. In, in terms of comic books, was there anybody hotter and more popular during this period of time than Todd McFarlane? He was, in, in the mid to late 90s, he was really pushing the bounds. Um, visually, What what people were looking at. Um, story-wise I mean they were I mean because he was responsible for um, probably the most iconic uh, Venom cover The Lethal Protector mm-hmm. and so I'm like some of those characters he was really defining in far more um, really adult terms I mean when you think about the kids kids at this point that have been growing up with comic books to this point Spawn was kind of like okay you know you could you could read the the, the Spider-Man and the Captain America and the you know, you could, you could read all those that were still kind of, I mean, had they, they had their own iterations that were darker and, and this and that, but they were, I mean, pretty mainstream, pretty safe. Spawn was one where you're like, okay, this, he's dealing with hell, and he's dealing, I mean, like, he's dealing with darker elements. Yeah. And the movie uh, just didn't do service to what?
1: Well, it's it's like a recurring theme to me in the yeah. 90s. Nobody respected the source material of no. superhero movies. They would pay for the name yep. and just count on people coming in to watch the movie. It sucked, got no good word of mouth, and then was instantly done with. Yeah, the John John Leguizamo has... Oh, um, Some interesting choices he made. He, I love John Leguizamo. He, Even though he is in the worst
0: movie of all time, the pest. The pest. John oh. Leguizamo. Um, <laughs> he... But he's so good, usually. He... And... And I mean, really, the uh, uh, what was the character that he played? I can't remember. The Violator, um, Ugh. the clown. I mean, like <laughs> yeah. the the, CG. the makeup the makeup job was good, and he owned the character. I mean, I'll give him that. He really played the heck out he of. He sure but, did. He was chewing scenery. <laughs> it was. I mean, it was a very very interesting choice. <laughs> Um, I mean like, it's almost like you could have put Bobcat Goldthwait in there and just let him do this
1: (laughs) I would
0: have loved that. I'd watch the the crap out of that Spawn movie. Um, um, um. That is a fantastic (laughs) Bobcat Goldthwait too. Officially anytime Bobcat Goldthwait comes up, (laughs) You are doing because that was fantastic. Right off the cuff, like, I don't have a bobcat girlfriend. That was wonderful.
1: That's my bobcat though. That was
0: wonderful. That is the teaser for our next. Thank you, thank you. Wonderful. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'm going have to do that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like, and Michael Jai White as um, Al, whatever his name is. Yeah. And who eventually played Spawn. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just uh, casting was not great. The CGI was really shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like, uh, this was the overdoing of
1: CG. No. That period of time where everything was going CG. Yeah, and it was not. I but mean, they like, didn't have
0: the talent. No, or the budget. Apparently, it was bad. It was really bad. I, I is it was a few months. It's been in the last six months that I rewatched Spawn, and I mean, it's it still holds a place for me because I love comic book movies. I love superhero movies, but again it was the the 90s were very much the emergence of the anti-hero and spawn fit that tone quite well so i'm not surprised that he you know in the late 90s martin sheen was a great villain um a little over the top i like martin sheen in just about anything yeah
1: so it's he's very watchable just always
0: they're they're working on a remake i believe okay which uh, i'll be very i wonder if spawn has the juice though i mean like I, I think I think because the popularity of the anti-hero has reemerged. Mm-hmm. I think if they if they don't nail it, it'll be I think the end of Spawn, okay, um, in a theatrical sense. But I think that they have people who care for the character enough, and I think especially I don't know how much Todd McFarlane was involved in the movie. Um, I, I have a hard time imagining he signed off on the final product being good, but yeah. maybe once again. The scene from Jay and Bob Strikes Back,
1: counting the money. <laughs> yeah.
0: If he's just, if he, he's he's the kind of guy. Like I, I get the feeling like he, he, at that time, I mean, like height of his popularity could have very easily been cashed a paycheck. But now, yeah. I think if he's involved in the new one, and be like, oh, that one was kind of. Here's short. my chance at redemption. This this would be my way to redo this and do it well. <sighs> uh. So, action, Gus, or... Jesus, Ben, I said I'm busy. Busy.
1: 1997. A big rebound movie for you. Steel.
0: With Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> he is, I mean, he's the quintessential greatest actor we've ever had. I mean, people are like, oh, you mean, you know, sir- People
1: want to say Al Pacino. People want to say... ...Christian Bale,
0: you know... Um, you. Lawrence Olivier, no. Daniel Day Lewis has got Jack Shaquille and shit. O'Neal, he played basketball. He was a genie who rapped. He was a superhero made out of metal. He could do it all. Um, Triple threat, Shaquille O'Neal. Sorry, Robert Downey, whatever your name is. There's already been a superhero wearing a metal suit that fought crime, <laughs> and that was Steel. <laughs>
1: In all honesty, they've never seen Steel. It's not great, but, but I know um, you own it. I do own it. Now, this was, honestly, all joking aside. This kind of was a rebound moment. This things were a bit on the uptick after Blade in nineteen ninety-eight. Yeah. Blade, Blade was the movie Blade like I, a I feel like su- people were officially done with superhero movies. So when Blade came out, I remember there. I was working at a video store at the time at Blockbuster, and people would rent Blade. Like it wasn't a huge hit in theaters people would rent blade and it was one of those like word of mouth movies yeah like, you gotta see blade man it's great dude blade yeah, dude blade was way better than i thought wesley snipes holy shit uh i love that rave scene in the beginning with the vampire and the raining blood and all that stuff. Yeah. It's great uh chris was it is it chris Christopherson? yeah plays? he was uh um whistler whistler yes yeah. thank you you're welcome um but i love the look of that movie and it's a marvel movie Yes. So this is kind Steven of Dorf. Marvel's first
0: big hit. This is this is when they started cuz they really gave um they gave them what they needed to make that movie well. And Wesley Snipes took ownership of Blade. Yeah. Maybe by the third one a little too seriously, yeah. but you know, I was like, "All right, because he's he's in talks to bring the character back to the screen, which I think would be okay. I think uh, it could do I think it could do well." Yeah, it would do okay. Um but would definitely go back to see Blade again. And, and I mean honestly, I i because I have all 3 of them. Um and I've watched them the, the first one is the best, for um, sure. For sure. And and uh, the third one has Ryan Reynolds, so that's saying something. Uh <laughs> I, I love yeah. I mean I, I, I but even with Patriot the third one, Patriot Ryan Reynolds. Even even in the third one, like there were some missteps, but it was like it was still a I mean it's a good trilogy. Uh, Pat and Oswald's in the third one. Jessica Biel's in the third one. Uh, I enjoyed that, like they kind of like joined forces, yeah. with with uh, the vampires. But it was it was kind of interesting. The, it, it was it was okay. And it was it was um, like it was one of the first times you'd really seen Wesley Snipes in a while. It's um, true. He, I mean, he he'd had a few things here and there. I mean, it would, Passenger Fifty Seven that was in the
1: oh, well, white 90s. men don't can't jump and uh, but yeah, this, Passenger Fifty Seven always bet
0: on black. This yes, this <laughs> this was. This was a real different thing for him. This was something that was—he got jacked for that movie. He man. did. He oh really, my Lord. Yeah, he was ready to go in that. And I, I think, I mean, you know, it, it's not a mainstream Marvel character um, in a lot of senses. Again, it's one of—it's it funny because, like, you know, it, it's pro- it probably really is their first successful foray back into superhero movies. He felt like a badass. Character stepping out of a comic book. He, yeah, I'm, there was such a style to that movie. There really was. It it were because it was it was we we're kind of closing out the '90s with it, so we'd gotten away from that grunge to where it was that the, I think that rave that whole yeah. rave kind yeah. of I mean it really they fit. they played with that rave it the, fit that, that well. Rave was only about a year
1: lasted about a year, and this was that year.
0: Yeah, and they they did it well. Steven Dorf mm-hmm.
1: as Pretty, the, a really good yeah he was like you know the. Um, vampire who was the he wasn't the highborn damn yeah. vamp- vampire. He was kind of a mutt.
0: Yeah. He, he wasn't a full blood or whatever they would call him. But he he had kind of the he had the chip on his shoulder that yeah. made him, you know, a formidable opponent who's like, ah, I got a plan. I, got I love
1: something. the scene where he pulls the teeth out of that yeah. one guy and then leaves him out on the beach to die. That was a cool
0: ass scene. That was those I mean they were they really kicked it up a notch. Those movies were were intense. Yeah. Um yeah. So. It it made comic book movies like they weren't a joke
1: anymore. They no. were, they were, they took a, it took a step towards more gritty, realistic. Yeah. Which would really be an important thing to, you're going to see a trend in those, in the 2000 movies. Yeah. Um, so the final movie that I have in the nineties is Mystery Men and Mystery Men is playing off the, I, I think. It, it's kind of playing with how pathetic superhero movies had become. It was just all a big joke. The Waffler, you know, like yes, Dane Cook, <laughs> Dane Cook, baby. And Mystery Men was just okay. Like I didn't love it. It has some okay parts, but it was just like that irony. There's just like so much irony in that movie. You know, it just it really did kind of like illustrate how much the Hollywood had washed their hands with superhero movies. Yeah. You know, it, was, it was a joke, I don't think people, I think people thought the, the fad was done. You know, I think superhero movies were dead and buried, but Blade gave them a little bit of hope. And as tempting as it was to say that Blade was a milestone movie, I think the next true milestone movie was in 2000, X-Men. Yeah. That was a huge step. That was the first time I kind of remember feeling like they were treating the source material with a bit more respect. And of course, the casting was amazing.
0: Yeah, they and and at that point, because uh I mean, you you had a real you had a real following of uh, of a generation that had grown up not just in the the realm of comic books, but in comic book characters coming to life in a different way. You had um, the X Men cartoon was it's really most well- of executed. everything I know about the X Men yeah. is from the cartoon, and it was and it was. I mean, the, the, what was nice is it translated really well and really specifically from the comic books so kids that weren't comic book readers have the same had access to the same information they put a lot of money into that yes you could tell and and they and they and and when they brought everybody to i mean everybody didn't translate perfectly um but for what we had up to that point the what what matched hit well enough that you were uh, like with uh i think specifically like rogue Rogue was one. I was like, okay, the character that I had come to know is Rogue. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, okay, this is, you know, in the cartoon you have, and in the comics you have, yeah. you know, this kind of. She, I mean, she was a force to be reckoned with. She yeah. was, you know, um, she was, she was like strong. She yeah. was a main character. Right. She had that thick Southern accent, and she was, yes. you know, so you, you knew who this was. And then they it, messed up on Rogue. To see her played by Anna Paquin as a kid, it was, it was they they that was. What I applauded that on. could have been an okay. Like, I like Anna Paquin. Yeah. I think that could have been a
1: good, like, because you know she turned out to be a pretty good actor. You know? Yeah, I loved her in like you know the Vampire Show. I thought she was pretty good in that. So she had the chops. But I mean, Hugh Jackman. I mean, Hugh Jackman. If was there ever a bigger home run hit with this guy? That guy. He nailed. They nailed it. <laughs> they it was, and that was great. But you know, Patrick Stewart is Professor X. He's two. He was, like, born to play Professor yeah, he really was. You know? And even up until Logan, I mean, yeah. were, he was still playing him very well. Uh, Ian McKellen as Magneto. Magneto is not necessarily the person you would imagine. He's kind of old, but he but he's friggin' Ian McKellen, so the, he's
0: awesome anyway. The chemistry between him and Patrick Stewart, yeah. I think, is what really cemented that. Um, I don't think that he's the greatest choice for Magneto, but they made it work well and I'll give them that. Um, I think especially when you when they had the opportunity and they went back and and redid things with McAvoy and with Fassbender, you know, um, which
1: also was great.
0: Yeah. McAvoy into Patrick Stewart works really well. Yeah. Michael Fassbender into Ian McKellen does not. No, It doesn't. Uh, That is a hard transition. Yeah. I like Fassbender quite a bit, but you're right. They you
1: do not see those Transitioning into what the no. Ian McKellen, Ian McKellen character
0: was. No, they and there it was. It was one of those. It was it was hard because um, I, I, I remember and they. I think I think it was in the towards the end when they were putting on their suits. Mm-hmm. I think uh, there was even kind of a joke um, that Wolverine made about, you know, um, the they're just wearing black leather. with the one claw that comes up in the middle finger so it was it was one of those uh, that i think as uh let's see 2000 i would have been a a teenager uh right there Mm -hmm. uh and it was it was one of those was like i was i was anticipating you know i knew it would have been kind of cheesy but the blue and the yellows and you know all all the vibrant costumes nowadays of course they would go whole hog yes but
1: it, it was like they were still holding on. They yeah. weren't going full in, like, trusting the source material. Because it was, like I said, the 90s were bleeding into the and 2000s. They, yeah. You still have that 90s mentality bleeding in. And it would have been laughed at if they went full on. I mean, that's just what it was. But, it wouldn't have been accepted by the whole. No. Now, the true fans would have loved it. Oh, yeah. But that's they, they didn't trust that there were enough true fans to make to carry it, it financially viable, yeah. yes.
0: It was w- what I will give them credit for is really when, especially when you're, when you're going through the list and you know how many huge properties they have. This is the first time they really plunk down. Like these guys are one of our flagship. Like you know, DC comes charging out of the gates back in the late '70s with yeah. Superman. Bam, right. we need to make Superman. Yeah, you know, for you know, 30 plus years of evolution to this point, um, or 20 plus years of evolution at this point. Um, to get to the year 2000, and this is the first time Marvel's really putting down one of their main, you know, characters in in film. You know, it's like, okay, this is their first. You know, we really need this to work. Yeah. And they they you know there were a couple of missteps, but they executed really well. Fox kind of survived off X Men yeah.
1: movies for the next 20 years. Yeah. Um, and you know, of course, there's the whole purging of of Marvel properties yeah sony of course got spider-man fox got fantastic four and x-men and you know they they didn't do a whole lot with fantastic four but they sure did with x-men yes lots and lots of movies almost all of them pretty profitable yeah if not well received every time even if they weren't all good even if they weren't all good there i feel like there's like a odd number like great bad great bad like that seemed to be like the pattern um, but, you know, 2000s, the X-Men, I, I feel like is, uh, and it's debatable, was the next big milestone. So, moving on, we have Unbreakable. Um, Shamalama Ding Dong's entrance. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I loved it. I, I just put it here just because it I had to put it oh no, yeah and it was like what what would it be like if a comic book movie like if, if it were ground, so grounded in realism yeah
0: you're not even sure that you're watching a comic book movie until the, almost the very end and uh this this one I think will, will tie into one I'm assuming is also on the list and I'm not gonna spoil this one okay. um but uh but yeah it was uh it was nice because even, even though I mean it uh, even by this point I don't think you necessarily had as strongly cemented a genre of films as the superhero films. No, yeah. It was, um, I don't know if it was necessarily that uh, uh, Shyamalan saw that it was coming or that he just wanted to cash in. It may have just been serendipitous timing. I think it was. Uh, but it was one of those, it was an interesting um, vantage point. Because like,
1: he didn't know that X-Men was going to bring comic no. book movies back. No. And he, I think he was, it was just, It was like it was his latest gimmick. Yeah. And it, but
0: it worked; it paid off because because it was a shift from his other films up to that point. It was okay. This is you know, there's we're still waiting for the twist on yeah. it, which came and it, it was, came it was, and it was a good one. It was a good one. It was yeah. interesting. Um, but it was uh, it was when I was like, okay, this is a different story. Like it's not scary. It's uh, I'm you're making me feel different things.
1: Yeah. So the next movie and and I, I would accept uh, an argument for this as a milestone movie. Uh, is 2002 Spider Man, absolutely, absolutely, hundred percent. Um, just a colossal hit. Uh, kind of kept Sony afloat for a long yeah. time. You know, uh, all they had were Spider Man movies, really, and Adam Sandler movies. Yeah, Spider Man and Adam Sandler. That's it. That's all. <laughs> and they, they kind of rode them all the way to the ground. Yes, uh, they did. But you know, Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker in that universe with, um, uh, help me the uh, Sam Raimi. Sam Raimi, yeah, he. It, it was, shouldn't have worked, but it was kind of like the whole Tim
0: Burton thing. It did work because of who was
1: who was involved.
0: Sam Sam Raimi, uh, up until this point, was a guy that was primarily known for horror movies. And um, I left Darkman off. Like I think that yeah. was also a comic book property, yeah. but I I left it off. It, but he was he did Darkman, which yeah. was enjoyable. Sam and, Neill, and, and that was that was a I mean that was a good flick. It was. Um, it was it was another one of those like you know way way out there just kind of on the fringe kind of yeah, ideas yeah. Um, and it was it was more more of a grown-up one than it was for you know for kids you know again it was like a movie in response to Batman yeah like we got to get something out there but uh, Sam Sam Raimi, you know behind you know because I think he had done had he done some of the stuff with uh, was it Xena or uh, what's his uh he was i think he was some he I mean, was just only known for the evil he, dead he really was I mean, really well known for horror movies
1: yes yes it, it, even man was just borderline horror borderline movie. horror movie it, it really kind of was especially with the way he was disfigured and yes. all that stuff um, um yeah he was he was really uh it was a big chance it was almost like a peter gunn level risk yeah um and he just just, just paid off so much
0: and uh, you know, and same uh, same thing with uh, Tobey Maguire. I mean, Tobey Maguire was not a household name. He no, he was an art house guy. He p- was a, p- a you know in, independent p- movie darling. A couple a, a couple of um, you know movies under his belt that people knew. Wonder Boys was yeah. something that I knew him from.
1: Uh, yeah. Pleasantville,
0: I think. Pleasantville, yeah, that that was, was probably biggest, one of his probably. probably one of his biggest up to that point. But mm-hmm. it, it wasn't one of like people were like, oh yeah. Tobey McGuire, but I do remember. I very distinctly remember thinking, "Oh, he'll be a good Peter Parker." He when when they cast him and that because this is this is still back in the day before you're getting the same. I mean, you you don't get casting updates. You don't get all the information about what's going on in the movies, yeah. Unless you had a subscription to Entertainment Weekly, which is or, probably where I got it from. So it's it's when I was like when 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 people started seeing trailers for Spider Man with the CG and the, the casting, it was like. All of a sudden I was like, holy shit, this is gonna be a real thing. Yeah. Like this is gonna be a, a for real superhero. Movie. Like, we had the X Men and that was that was a big deal. It was like this I mean, like this kid, I mean like he seems like Peter Parker, like then you see the green goblin and you're like, Oh wow, that I mean that you know, they they I mean, being I I grew up I was I was a hardcore Spider Man guy. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> so it was it was a big big deal for me i mean they they mixed some of the lore up a little bit um and but it wasn't a it wasn't like oh my goodness they're just screwing with this was like they had um uh i really 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 didn't care for the casting of kirsten dunst uh that's been one of my biggest qualms with it yeah uh, it's mary jane yeah she just never embodied what mary jane was in my estimation gotcha she and toby moire clicked well enough but it was they did it was one of those it was obnoxious James Franco as Green, as uh, Harry Osborn yeah. was he, he was good. He, he and, was fine, yeah. He and uh and Toby Maguire worked well off each other. I don't think James Franco should have had nearly as much of a presence in the franchise as he did. It would have been nice to have him if they were going to have him continue on him and and Pete just be friends, not like this continuous antagonist. Yeah, they, the rivalry or whatever. Yeah. But the when I remember when that came out it was just like this I, I was I was barred from purchasing it when it first came out. I worked at Best Buy when it came out on on DVD. You and were I, barred from it. I was barred from purchasing it because it came out in November uh, of two thousand two, I believe, um, uh, on DVD, and uh, because the only things that I like to buy for myself are movies, and being in November. Everyone wanted to know what I wanted for Christmas. Yeah, and so they said you have to stop buying movies because people have nothing for. I <laughs> so like, you had to wait. I was like, Till you Christmas. Me? I'm like, Spider Man. Like, no, you got to wait till Christmas. Is like, sorry. Me? So I did. I had to wait till Christmas. Oh my god. And it was funny because um, kept to it. They because Best Buy had this really great um, collector's pack, um, and so I, I asked my grandma, it like, I want Spider Man for Christmas. So she <laughs> bought me Spider Man for Christmas. My uncle, who. None of us ever counted on him being at any family function, but he was he showed up there. Um he got me the exact same thing. It was one of my favorite Christmas memories of all time. Nice. I were sitting there in my grandparents' living room opening up presents and I open up my Spider-Man for my grandma and I, I didn't pay attention to looking at his face, but he was perturbed I like, opened his <laughs> Son of a
2: bitch.
0: and I'm, I open up his and it's the exact same thing and everybody just kinda of sitting there and he turns to my grandma and he just goes, What the hell, mom? You told <laughs> me to get this for him. And it was just ah, so great. So that's I, awesome. I, even though I wasn't able to buy it when it came out on DVD, I have such a great memory of owning
1: it. <laughs> what the hell, Mom? What <laughs> the hell, Mom? It's Christmas. Come you on. told me to buy this. You already bought it for yeah, him. That's too good. That's too good. Um, but I, I love Green Goblin in it, too. Like, I didn't like the look of Green Goblin, but uh, Norman Osborn was great. Willem Dafoe was born to play Norman Osborn. <laughs> yeah. If, if he wasn't... Born to play the Joker, which I've seen a lot of memes. It's like, oh my God, how did this guy not be the Joker? Um, He was very
0: good Norman Osborn. He's got a very pointy face. He has just a chiseled face. He has a very unfortunate looking face. (laughs) It is very... not coming from somebody who's like, I'm not gracing the covers of magazines He looks like a villain without makeup. Yeah, you're like, this guy's up to something. (laughs) Very much so, yeah. The heart.
1: Go for the heart. Yeah. Uh, and then, I, I, it's interesting because I like to look at X-Men and Spider-Man as like this kind of parallel, uh, dizzying heights, terrible ends, you know, like the, the trilogies. Because X2 came out, bigger hit than the first. Yep. Spider-Man 2, bigger hit than the first. X-Men 3 and Spider-Man 3 both come out immensely disappointing. Terribly. Hugely successful at the box office. Hated by
0: most people. Yeah, they really... So it's funny how those two s- franchises paralleled. Because they, what they did by the third episode of each of those franchises is the studios were too involved. Yeah, and too much money is involved. The people yeah. that had the care and consideration from the first two iterations of both of those franchises really paid attention to what they wanted to do and executed well. And by the third one, the studios were thinking, well, we can make a crap ton of money with these. And so they, I mean, they because they pressured Raimi to put in more villains. They pressured him to put in Venom and he didn't want to he had a story they wanted to tell yeah and it, too it, many it, villains man it was it, uh, yeah.
1: it was like what kind of killed the Batman movies too yeah. really you just had to stuff too many storylines yeah Dude, for an hour and 45 minute movie it's just not good make it bigger
0: make it better. it's like no you don't have to there's such a rich story to be told anyways yeah it doesn't have to be bigger and to be better you're
1: diluting it yes. you're diluting the product so those, you know, so we had those three movies each, and we had, of course, some Blades. There was a trilogy for Blades. Yes. Uh, so, you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, everybody wants to make a superhero movie again. Yes. So now you got 2002's Daredevil.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Ben Affleck wants to be a superhero. Uh, met his wife, uh, Jennifer, Garner. Jennifer Garner. And, you know, I liked Daredevil. I had no concept of the uh, source material, and after seeing the wonderful netflix series i laugh at it which is probably what daredevil fans were all along with. like this is garbage this is shit but i liked it. it it was a very 2000s movie with the soundtrack and everything and you know um, what's his face um who played bullseye colin farrell yeah colin farrell very weird choices he made uh you know you got um uh kingpin I, I love duncan. that actor
0: but it's like eh, michael right. clark because it was one of those it was just there's you know it's, it's one of those don't j- you
1: put that evil on me ricky bobby <laughs>
0: yeah. well and you you get into i mean like it's it's one of those i'm like i think they wanted to feel like they were making a bold choice by casting michael clark duncan an obvious black actor instead of because the kingpin is a giant white guy that too. And like, they probably just, he was so big coming off the green mile. They just yeah. had to put him in. And it was one of those was like, it's not like it's a racial thing. It was just more like part of what makes Kingpin the Kingpin is that he's a massive white guy. And you're just like, where did this massive white guy come from? So it wasn't that Michael Clark Duncan did a bad job portraying the character. It was just, he didn't do anything. You, really. you could tell, I mean, like with Colin Farrell as bullseye, you know, like they were just kind of like, what if we did this? And what if we did that? And people were like, I guess that's yeah. fine. I'll give Colin Farrell credit; he really committed to that. Like he yeah, really he was, was doing something. He he was a very weird bullseye. Yeah. That was for sure. the the director's cut of that movie helped tremendously because it if you watch the the director's cut instead of just the regular cut, yeah, it ties it together better and it makes it a better movie. Um, it it was uh, it's it wasn't disappointing when it came out. It's a little bit more disappointing now. Yeah, in the it was actually things. a hit. It, it it did well. It was well. a mild hit. It did well because people Affleck had he had some real um, juice. Armageddon in, day. Yeah, he, and, you know, he, yeah. There was a lot of name recognition. Superhero right. movies were on the rise. Right. Um, right. so there there was a lot working for it, and I think it was just unfortunate because um it just it fell a little bit flat compared to what had been coming out at that point. Got a Kevin Smith cameo and John Favreau in John that movie. Favreau's fog, foggy yeah. foggy. Foggy. <laughs> foggy, yeah. Um
1: yeah. So, um, moving on, 2003's Ang Lee's Hulk movie. Yes. Ugh. Uh,
0: I, I actually hate that movie. It's, I love The Hulk. And that was a hard one for me to buy. The look of Hulk. The, he looked like Surge. Uh, he looked it, like a can yeah. of Surge. I don't know what they were doing with the CGI. Like, the the way the movie plays out and I, it, what i believe ang lee because i feel like i had it was either one of the dvd supplemental materials or something i had read or watched about it in, in the aftermath of it is he his vision was to take it and make it comic booky uh, he with, definitely did that With all the the panels the panels and, yeah. and this it was this like, is distracting though and it, and it was i mean like nick Noll i mean like you know there was stuff that was It was true to some of the source material that, you know, with uh, Banner's parents and his dad being abusive and stuff like that. But it was just, it was when I was like, this is kind of a downer. Like, part of the whole superhero thing is like, we can look up to these guys, but we don't totally identify with them because they're kind of on this other level. And they're like, oh, well, wait, this guy, his dad beat his mom and that gave him all this rage. It was like, well, I can kind of relate to that. You know, it's like that. It was just kind of a weird step. Um, Eric Banner wasn't bad casting as uh, Bruce Banner. Yeah, Eric Bana is a good actor, but it wasn't wasn't the best casting as yeah. and well, Josh Lucas is the guy that was you know his antagonist.
1: We had a Lou Ferrigno cameo. At
0: least. Had a Lou Ferrigno <laughs> cameo, which was fantastic. Yeah. Um uh, who But I hated that movie. I hated it was uh, I haven't
1: seen it since the first time it came out like when I first saw it. At
0: the Jennifer Connelly was
1: Jennifer Connelly in the, was yeah, in it. She, she was like the only good thing about it. Yeah. Not I, that she was good in it, but she was nice to
0: look at. Sam Elliott as uh Sam Elliott was her dad. As yeah. her dad. That was that was pretty decent. It was okay. But yeah, there were there were just there were a lot of a lot of misses in that movie. It was really yeah, unfortunate. It was a big old whiff. Yeah.
1: So now now we're starting to see once again like the 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 expensive movies, like th- there was a lot of money going into these movies, yeah. and now they're starting to get bad again. Yeah. So here we got another, we got another dip, <clears throat> another. We had the peak. Now we're gonna have some valleys. Yeah. So that movie made some money, but it was a, it was disappointing, uh, and you know that because they didn't make any sequels to it. Yeah. Uh, Catwoman, two thousand four, with Halle Berry. Let's just not talk about that. That was such a bad movie. It was terrible. Terrible CG, uh, terrible, terrible, uh, terrible. Sh- uh, Sharon Stone terrible, terrible, uh, terrible. <laughs> so yeah, like less said about Catwoman, the better. Yeah, um, I think even Halle Berry would say, just don't talk about it. So, um, 2004 also had Constantine. That was that was highly underrated it's it's an excellent movie it really is it i remember seeing like the trailer for the first time going like this is cool this is this is just like keanu reeves cool yeah it's like he's he's finished with the matrix movies well not no no because the matrix well yeah he was
0: finished with yeah because they had already had revolutions at that
1: point um so this was his next thing and i love the universe they were trying to build up with the lore and the characters uh, they did an excellent job, and really, there should have been more Constantine movies because I love the way they ended it too. Yeah, with him, you know, uh, ascending to heaven, but then also like, you know, coming back down because he takes all the like tar he out pulls of his lungs, the like,
0: cancer out of his lungs,
1: pulls the cancer out of his lungs so he doesn't die. Um, you know, it uh, is a very creepy supernatural movie. Shia LaBeouf was good in it, got the LaBeouf, got you got the LaBeouf factor you know he he played a lot of those like wise-cracky fast-talking kids same with uh, ro- uh what was it iRobot. he was kind of a similar yeah, character same, same but character. way better I, I love that he he was really kind of like the apprentice to yeah. keanu reeves is like that you know seen it all done it all he's just it's just his day-to-day life uh i
0: just love how that movie felt lived in oh it was uh it was so, like and it started just from the onset in the in the opening sequence with the little the little girl that's tied to the bed, um, oh jeez, yes! Uh, my, what an
1: introduction to a character.
0: I, I love. He just he walks in. He just he's got such this quiet badass character to him. Yes. And he walks in and he's standing in the room with the girl that's tied to the bed, and he knows he's talking to a demon. Yes. And it's just so nonchalant. He just yes. he gets right up next to her face. I've used the GIF so many times. I love it. He's like, and he just hit, hit that line and he only uses it once I wish he would've used it more but it was still good just once it's like this is Constantine John Constantine <laughs> asshole and I was just like oh <laughs> like that that set the tone for the whole movie he was, yeah. like, he was a guy that fought demons and fought you know all of these evil powers and it was just one of those things like he's he's put off by it he's like You're ruining my morning. I had other stuff Uh, I was going to do. It's just another damn day in his life. I got to come take care of this demon first thing. Holy (laughs) shit. This is a heck of a Tuesday.
1: Yeah, and you're Shia LaBeouf in that that yes. movie. Yeah, you're just kind of like in awe of what's happening. Um, I, and I love God. I loved his storyline where he yeah. he has this gift because he's cursed. Yes, because he committed suicide. Because he was seeing these dead people. Yeah, and you know that. And now he's spending his whole life to try and earn back his way into heaven. Yep. And it, God, I love that. I love that. And
0: uh, Rachel Vice as. Um, she played the twins. She played the twins. Yep, and she and that was that was just a, it was a cool. Um, I mean, they had a lot of really interesting things.
1: Yeah, because she just plays a detective, who isn't, does not even know about this. Yeah. underworld. Nobody she's, does. It's like Men in Black. Like it's she's very buried existent. it
0: down. Yeah, yeah. Because she's she's got. Her she her, has her own gift. Yeah, she curse. and her sister were were psychics. Yeah and uh, and and so she's buried it down because that got her sister in trouble and she didn't want that same mm-hmm. that same burden. she couldn't she couldn't believe she didn't want to believe that her sister yeah. committed suicide because so. she knew that she would not go to heaven. And it was that was one of the things that was nice about it it was because it, it kind of follows a similar format to the MCU movies now. It was kind of like this crime drama, this this uh, kind of dark thriller mm-hmm. that, um, that that was the format of the movie and built into it was this, superhero parameter. This, yes. you know, so yes. it's because that's how the MCU has really done it. They have different right. kinds of films. Well, let's take the, genre films and yes.
1: insert superhero characters.
0: And, and Ke- I mean, Keanu Reeves just, I mean, him and uh, his, his buddies, uh, uh, he's the, the creepy little guy. That Yeah.
1: The guy gives them all his like, you know, feeds him his, his, yeah, his gadgets or whatever yeah, you want to call them.
0: That there's that guy. And then there's the, the little priest guy that, um, Papa, a, I forget his name. Papa. Oh, something. Papa Midnight. Yeah. Papa the, Midnight. I
1: love that character. He too. was
0: great too. And, I need the chair. <laughs> um, and then, then uh, Gavin Rossdale Yeah, not that, not that bad. No, he. I mean, I, I don't know any other films he's been in, but in that one, he was he yeah. really because uh, he played. Uh, was it Azriel? I think. I think that Tilda was, Swinton. I Tilda really liked Swinton. her character. Yeah, she was great. Was really good. Oh, and the devil. Yes, Peter That freaking guy, man. Peter Starmari as the devil was fantastic. Um, he just, and then that whole revelation at the end, where he's, you know, the way the way they played with um, speeding up and slowing down cameras in that. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. That really bullet, worked well. Well, not bullet time, but yeah, yeah. They, that was cool. That, that was yeah. That worked really well. There was a lot of there was a lot of really interesting stylistic elements to that that just. Uh, I feel like that movie got sincerely overlooked in a lot of respects. It was a modest hit.
1: Yeah. It it was a modest hit. Probably a cult movie that yeah. a lot of, it probably did really well in rentals um, or streaming or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so, There's, you know, yeah, Constantine but, was an unexpected hit. Yeah. Uh, so they try to bring the Punisher back in 2004 with uh, Jane. Thomas Jane. And of course, uh, John Travolta, John Travolta. Um, who Howard was Saint. just going crazy in that movie. Oh, he uh. <laughs> yeah, you know I don't know what to say about that movie. Like it was fine. There, it was. I liked the Kevin Nash scene where like they're the fighting, the Russian, the Russian. That the whole move, that scene right there was the movie for me.
0: It was so intense, you know. I loved um, because it, it, had been, it had been a little while since you'd really had just kind of the, some of those one-liners, and that movie had a couple really. I mean, it had some really decent one-liners. It did, yeah. Um, after, uh, it was, I thought it was, a, I mean, the one thing that really kind of bugged me a little bit was how his, uh, his son gave him the t t-shirt with the Punisher logo on it. That was how they worked that in. It was yeah. like, that's a, that's a little forced. Uh, once
1: again, bad, yeah. bad, uh, missed opportunity to make him like, but it's just the studio saying, yeah, like, I was like, All right, you're not on. doing that stupid Punisher shirt. You're not, but you can
0: have a nod to it, but you're not doing it. Then, then they had like when, uh, after he'd gotten blown up and that, uh, that one dude on the island nursed him back to health and he was, uh, Vaya con Dios, Frank Castle. and he just kind of looks at him like, what is that? And he's like, go with God. And he's like, God's going to sit this one out. I was like, yes, <laughs> that's what I need from the Punisher. I need some of those cheesy one-liners. Yeah. Like, um, he, he, I, I thought Thomas Jane was pretty good. And, and then the, the little, the, the ragamuffins that he had in that, yeah. uh, um, you had, uh, what's her, uh, what's her face? Uh, Rebecca Romaine, um, Rebecca Romaine Stamos. She she was good, and then uh, Ben Foster. I liked Ben Foster and John that, Panette. Yeah. yeah, it was an interesting little cast of of random characters there. But they they really... a lot of interesting scenes happened yeah. in that that little hotel
1: or motel or whatever yeah. like, apartment that he was living in. Um, so you know the the Punisher I, I think was again very like it probably broke even. And yeah, it, it was. It wasn't a huge enough hit for them to spawn sequels, but it, I don't think it was like a disaster either. No. Um, so from there we go, I, I think at this point we're trying to get experimental. Um, studios are not willing to pony up the major cash, but they still want to try, like they want to make a little bit of money, not a whole lot of money. And that's when you start getting movies like Hellboy. Yep. Um, Guillermo del Toro, um, is just known for his nightmare- like living nightmare style of dude loves of, monsters. Yeah, he's good at monsters. Like that I new movie monsters. that's coming out too. We're at the stories or oh, whatever. Oh, dude, that one looks amazing. It really does. And I love Sick Guillermo for that one. when he's doing monster stuff. Pan's Labyrinth is a cool ass yeah. movie. Um and and you know, Ron Perlman is for me always Hellboy. Like he was just like one of those instances of perfect casting. He I, it really was. And I mean, it's a shame that the new Hellboy bomb so hard and it's too bad for David Harbour who this was probably his big shot of using his Stranger Things fame to make him a movie star and he's he's like an older guy he's not going to get another chance and it just didn't work because it wasn't Guillermo and it wasn't Ron Perlman and they insisted on trying to just force the issue with an R rating the Guillermo movies were like PG-13 yeah so more accessible um you know the the it was a really fun movie the first Hellboy uh, wasn't a big hit, but you know it did probably well enough in in rentals and word of mouth that it got a pretty high profile sequel. Yeah, uh, Hellboy Two. And you know I I liked Hellboy Two. It was I didn't think it was as fun as the first movie. No, I loved the tone of the first movie. It was great. And um, I I don't know the second one felt a little bit sillier. Again, it's like we put more money into it. We're gonna have more say from the studios. It there... still was silly, and you know it. it Guillermo had the control of the movie, but yeah. there's something about it. Well, there, there. I mean, and it there, could be the the Seth MacFarlane robot guy too.
0: There, there were. I mean, there were elements that. Um, I mean, David Hyde Pierce kind of added a little bit, and and then uh, John, um, uh, the guy that played his dad uh, that was there in World War II. I forget. I can't oh, John Hurt. John Hurt. Yes. Yeah. You? Uh, he was. I did it again. You did it. <laughs> this is why we work so well together. Yes. Um, Uh, teamwork makes the dream work that that um, that relationship between Ron Perlman and John Hurt I love that the father son
1: relationship then you
0: had um, Jeffrey Tambor as the government guy he was kind of the go between and that was there yeah. was a com- more of a comedic he element He was good. There. He was definitely um, good. Selma Blair. Blair. Yeah. This, I liked her. The the, the oh, romance The, stuff that the cats off on. And like,
1: yeah. I love their chemistry together. So the on-off relationship.
0: They really, they had a lot of things, a lot of plates that they kept spinning, but they did it well. They did it well. So it was, because it never really committed to any, like it was an action movie with some comedy elements, a little bit of yeah. romance. You know, there was there was a lot going on, but it worked really well.
1: Yeah, it was Guillermo. I mean, it was yeah. like Tim Burton. It was Guillermo. A Guillermo movie is a Guillermo movie. Yes. And other than the the Fish Love movie, I yeah. I, I think he's just got a perfect track record, yeah. except for that movie, which won an Academy Award for somehow. <laughs> People, and and
0: then, you know. The, no, that's your Fish Boy movie right that's there. That's a Fish Boy movie. Yeah. they got a whole genre coming out now.
1: So after uh, Constantine, now they were pulling these movies from the same uh, source material. I forget the name of the comics, but right after that, you had the Wachowski brothers come out of nowhere and they did V for Vendetta, Vendetta. in 2005, which yeah. was really good. Vertigo is where Constantine. Vertigo, yes. Vertigo thank you comics. so much. Yeah. So that was like the small, like Warner Brothers, I think yeah, it, was it was Warner Brothers.
0: Warner Brothers, yeah, because it was, it was. Vertigo was an offshoot of DC. It yes, 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 yes. Role. So they
1: scooped up that
0: Vertigo, and then they made two pretty darn good movies with it. V for Vendetta was fantastic. Uh, Hugo Weaving? Uh, the I mean, just on, I mean, every everything about that movie, I watched that movie every year on November 5th. That's one of the, Natalie Portman in that movie, it's one of the best performances in any comic book movie, I swear to God. The, uh, it was just, there's, uh, and... It, it's, it's John hurt again. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, and just, but like a really solid cast of characters and yeah. with, with a number of them being British, they're, they're not your normal, you know, I mean, good point. Yeah. I mean like there's, uh, you know, you, you have a number of guys in there that if you watch, you know, British movies, British television program aren't completely foreign to you, but they're... I like the talk show guy, that actor. Yeah. He was um, really enjoyable. I'll think of his name in yeah. just a second. Um, little, uh, keep talking about the movie because it's... I'll keep talking about the movie. It'll come to me. Um, but
1: little, a little bit of special effects goes a long way. And, you know, the Wachowskis, they, they brought that bullet time effect with them over again, but they used it very sparingly. They, they really only went to it in the one scene where he's, you know, V's surrounded by all of the uh, guys. And he, he takes them all out, you know, with his like daggers or whatever. Yeah. So they used it very sparingly. And that's good. Like, I, I'm glad they didn't go like Matrix Revolutions levels, like with that effect. Yeah. Um But you know, I, I really like the story, and I love that they just blow up Parliament. Yeah. They just blow it up, <laughs> like all of that. Like, it actually comes true. Yeah. You know, the the anarchy, the revolution, it happens. So you know, it. You know, the remember, remember the fifth of November. November. I mean, that is. It's such an underrated movie, like Constantine.
0: Yeah. It. Re- I mean. I- it's it's so well done. I recommend that one to people all the time. Mm. It's, and it's it's you know the the line um, people shouldn't be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of its people. God, yeah, yeah, man. Such I mean, like it's uh, it's it's such a good movie. I mean, I just can't. Stephen Fry. That's the guy's name. By no, right. Fry. Good job, man. Good I job. You
1: really pulled it out at the last second. I was like, all right, hail Mary pass. Yes. Okay. Um, milestone. All right. Two thousand five. Batman Begins. Yes.
0: Christopher Nolan, Batman's back, baby. Batman has returned. And people didn't think that it was gonna happen. Nope. People thought after Batman and Robin, we were done with Batman.
1: It it was a, talk about Hail Marys. Yeah, It was a big Hail Mary. And Batman Begins was my absolute favorite movie of 2005. I did not have a single expectation. I, I didn't know Christopher Nolan from, you know, Peter from down the street. Like, I yes. didn't know him, you know? I can't even, like, I think Memento is his Memento big was thing. Memento
0: probably, yeah, he had Following, and he had, uh, <sighs> did he have anything before that? I'm not sure. I feel like he may have. But been. he was known primarily yeah, for Memento, Memento. Yeah, that was really the big and, thing. And,
1: you know, Christian Bale was um, a, an actor that was just kind of, like, also emerging. He was known for, you know, the Psycho movie, American Psycho. Newsies. <laughs> of course newsies. newsies of course People newsies i'm sorry love newsies. Uh, emperor of the sun yes <laughs> as a little kid um but yeah that he really emerged from that movie and uh you know we already talked about michael kane as alfred yep. um holy shit man like the batman villains are back liam neeson. you know uh liam neeson Robin was a that was a cool that was really seeing the like training in the league of shadows was yes. really they, in order for Batman to come back and be a successful reboot, they had to bring something new, and they picked the perfect thing. Yes. You get to see Batman become Batman,
0: that and that was that was important because that's that's I think the one divergence because a lot of times he gets compared to Iron Man in the fact that he's just really rich and he just has all these gadgets. Yeah, but the thing is, he was I mean, he was he was trained as a ninja. Yes, I mean like legitimately trained to be invisible right like and that's not like a something to just you know it takes more than just poofy smoke yeah to to disappear like he does and and because that's that's one of my bigger complaints with um with affleck as batman is i feel like they really pulled back his he was a big lumbering Batman. he was clunky that was that was the thing is like he wasn't he was brute force yeah batman like that i
1: love the scene in in and You know, not to get too off topic with the Nolan, but I I actually really did enjoy the scene where you get to see Batman just murder all those guys. Like, I know people hate Batman because he's not supposed to murder. But when he breaks through the floor in Versus, I mean, or was it Versus? Yeah, it was Versus. You know, you got to see, like, some, like, real brute force Batman. I mean, he's cross-training in that movie, too. I'm sorry. Anyway. No, (laughs) I'm sorry. But he's clunky. You know, he is. He's a clunky guy. He's a big bulking guy. That shouldn't be Batman.
0: And Bale's Batman, I, I, I even, I liked the way that they kind of did it in the treatment of the evolution of his suit. Oh yeah. Where in the first one he had he had a suit that fit his needs but even like in the second one of The Dark Knight mm-hmm. when he's like, hey, I need I need a little bit more versatility. So yeah. He took on some vulnerability so that he could be sleeker in what he was doing. So I, it he could finally pivot and turn yeah. his head. Uh, it was
1: like a helmet. It, it wasn't yeah. the cowl that we're used to or it's all connected going yeah. into his
0: cape. He, it was it was
1: disconnected. It was very practical.
0: Yeah, it, it, and it made it. I mean, there was there was kind of like this, you know, this realistic explanation of how it came to be. Like, oh, here's the, you know, here's the uh, R and D department of his company. It's like, oh, here's projects that we've actually worked on. I was like, oh, Morgan Freeman. We had yeah, he was, was great. Lucius uh, Lucius Fox. Lucius he Fox. Was fantastic. He was he was great.
1: And I love anytime I can get Morgan Freeman anything. Yeah. As Lucius Fox, he was awesome. Um, I loved uh, Killian Murphy as Scarecrow. The scarecrow, yep. Yeah. I, I like that they didn't feel it would have been easy for them to be desperate to bring the Joker in, but I mean, it was just genius getting they, Killian yeah. Murphy as as, um, uh, as a Scarecrow. And that effect, I remember that first time seeing oh, that effect when he terrifying. was like, you know, the, the shaky yeah.
0: kind of disoriented effect. It was so cool. And uh, the guy that they have, Tom, what's his face, that played. Uh... The gangster, the gangster, uh, yeah. yeah, I know you're talking about. He was cool. He was he, great, and it, and it was it, it was, was exactly what he needed to be. They, because they, it, it was good. It was a good nod to the fact that the city was overrun by just regular crime, but regular like, we,
1: crime. We, we yeah, were escalating, not,
0: not super villains. Yeah, we were escalating crime. it to a whole new level with the Scarecrow. Yeah.
1: Um. So that movie came out and it was just oh my god! I I was so hungry for the next Batman, yeah. and because they left that teaser,
0: they teased it with the Joker and you know band.
1: the Dark Knight you know, we'll get to the dark Knight cause it's kind of the cutoff point. Yeah. Um, but you know, superhero movies are, are kind of back sort of, I say sort of because that it takes time for the industry to kind of play catch up. Yeah. Batman begins was a gamble and, Yeah. you know it, but it was a big hit. It really it was paid off. Well, it paid off well. So, so you, but you're not going to see an immediate payoff. So um, in 2005, you got Electra. Yeah. We'll just move on from there. That was not good. 2005 Fantastic Four. Now this was another earnest attempt to jumpstart a, a franchise. Um, I, I liked it. I thought it was
0: fine. I really, really liked the makeup effect for the Thing. That it was, it was, it was interesting because there like he was the only one they specifically went with makeup. Yeah, like everybody else was CG, CG stuff. Yeah, and so it was interesting. I mean, like I liked it because I mean, even if they'd gone CG, they would still want to use the voice of Michael Chiklis for him. Great casting, Michael but, Chiklis. Michael, Michael, Ch- I think Michael Chiklis was the best casting of anybody in that movie. I agree. Um, yeah,
1: because uh, Jessica Biel, or not Jessica Biel, Jessica, Jessica Alba, Alba as Storm. Eh. No, um, Chris Evans. It's funny because Chris Evans would pop up in superhero movies until he found his his home. Yeah, it's like
0: you know, everybody it, gets like their first one is not right, and then yeah, like, oh, okay.
1: Like, well, okay, he's he's Johnny, he's Johnny uh Torch. He's the human Torch, yeah. but Johnny Johnny Blood, uh, really. Johnny uh, Storm. Johnny Storm, thank you. There was he Chris Evans had something. Yeah, he, he for sure had something, and he really had fun with that character, and I enjoyed him. Yeah. Um, but you know, like we said, he didn't find his home yet. That wasn't his character. Uh and I I forget who played, you know. I own
0: Grufud. Griffund, I don't know you say his name. Yeah. The guy that plays Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, and then uh, they screwed up Doctor Doom though. No. They just so did a, massively dump on Doctor Doom. That was, <laughs> they was did, like, take what? a steaming shit on Doctor Doom. This is, I mean, like, this is the like, best you can do for Doctor freaking Doom. Doctor Doom. I mean, he's one of the most <laughs> formidable. It was like the Fantastic. I mean, like you've yeah. already done a disservice to the Fantastic Four. And then but they really,
1: took another dump with Galactus. I was like,
0: he's just a big clown. It's like
1: they took a, a dump a on big Silver big Surfer. Clown? Really? Like, I yeah. mean. That, that that franchise went spinning out of control fast yeah, and fast.
0: Even when they tried to come
1: back and reboot it. No, that's funny. Let's talk about that too. But, you know, I thought Fantastic Four was a pretty good attempt to, it was you fair. know, they it was they, tried, they tried, they tried, they, you know, still not full faith. It, it would take another studio to come along to put the full faith into the fans to come out and support the movies. They they just still were not prepared. One of the they
0: struggle with story and they struggle with casting. And that's Yeah. Th- God,
1: stop just casting a famous per- well, I mean, they're not that anybody in Fantastic Four was famous. No. But, you know, it, it wasn't but that is comic. the MO of the studio. Who do we have on contract? Who's the biggest star we have? Yeah. Put them in the makeup. And that that actor just does not give a damn. And they're just gonna cash their check and hope that they get a franchise out of it, but you know, it's it sucked. It really yeah. sucked. Christopher Nolan that, that whole that whole trilogy was a fluke. Yeah, really was. I mean, it, they they had well, the Warner Brothers was very smart to keep trusting Christopher Nolan and letting him just do what he needed to do. Um, because you know we're getting there. Yeah. Uh, so okay, so um, the next we got the uh, Frank Miller movies. Yeah. Sin City, two thousand five. That was a surprise hit. Yeah. Um, mostly because of its look, I think people were just very intrigued by the this the visuals of that movie. And Mickey Rourke was so freaking good in that. They had a they had a big cast of a lot of. Names it did have a big too. cast, yeah. It had a big cast of up and comers like um, I forget the British actor. I, he was so awesome in a lot of movies. Um, he was like in Children uh, the Clyde Children Owen. of Men. Clive yeah, he was awesome. I liked him in that. Uh, you had uh,
0: Benicia del Toro, Nick Stahl, hadn't seen him since The Man Without a Face, Ugh, he played that yellow kid. Oh, that was bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that was Nick he Stahl. Got his junk tore off. The Man Without a Face. And
1: Bruce Willis, you know, he had yes. a cool, cool scene in there. And then Jessica Alba yep. doing her thing,
0: just looking pretty. Just, Which I, they at least did that right. That's they did the that right. Yeah, that before.
1: that. I mean, I don't know how many times I've seen that gif of her like dancing on the bar yeah. wearing next to nothing. Yep. Um, but you know, being in black and white with just little little drips of red. I mean, that the, the movie was phenomenal looking. Yeah. They. So because of that being successful, you got three hundred. Yeah. The following year, massive hit. Probably the first big R-rated movie. Like studios, like we can have an R-rated hit You're now. Smart. I'm sorry, my uh my uh <laughs> my eye watch is trying to is get me do you want to watch a movie? Well, yes, I would like to watch a movie. Um but you know, uh that that was a huge movie, obviously, and parodied for a decade to come, you know. <laughs> you know, this is Sparta and like This is Sparta. But it was um it was the coming out party for um Zack Snyder. Yeah. Who was previously basically only known for the Dawn of the Dead, I guess. Yeah, like he directed that. Um, he his visual style really was born from that movie, and then later you had like Superman and all that stuff. I, I really liked Three Hundred; it blew me away. I I was buying into it like I. It's not as fun to watch nowadays. I think because it has been parodied so much, and it
0: is kind of ridiculous how people took it so, people just took that movie so seriously. Well, because what, what these, what, what Frank Miller's, um, what made his, uh, and, I mean, the visually they were very different, but yeah. we, at this point, we'd I mean, with Batman Begins and with these movies, we'd graduated from comic books to graphic novels. Yeah, and there's a very there's a distinction that that is really I mean it's a com- maturity yeah like a new level of maturity. Comic comic books are a serial comic book. I mean, there's an ongoing story. There's story arcs and there's changes and this and that. But it's like those those are a weekly you know episode of what happens next in this character until we reach some sort of conclusion and want to change the direction to it. We're going to tell a new story. Yeah, they with, just want to keep you keep you buying that comic again and again with, and again. With a graphic novel. You have an, a story encapsulated in this book, and so there's there's a very different, you know, there's a different evolution of the characters in that. It's it's one of those like you know there's the same similar planning, but these are self-contained stories and graphic novels. Like you said, you really you're escalating from okay, kids, you know, and, and whoever can read comic books, graphic novels were kind of taking it up to a more mature audience. So, uh, we're gonna deal with things thematically that are different than you're gonna see in your your weekly installment of a comic book and because and since they were like self-contained
1: stories they were they were treated more respectfully yeah by people who would or, ordinarily kind of thumb their nose at comic yeah. books uh, they were like books yeah you know and they, they had mature writing and uh, often mature themes yep and you did you got the whole entire story and they were you know, they, they were hugely popular yeah. for a while there. And maybe they still are. I don't know. But
0: The Walking Dead is a good example. I mean, that, that's yeah. serialized, though. That's more of a
1: comic, I guess. That's an <clears> example. <throat> that's
0: that's where, where you get into where they, you're, kind of, you're kind of marrying the two fashions. You good know, point. You're, you're, you're saying, okay, how do we take the success of both of these realms? That, that must be Yeah, that's yeah. probably
1: what I'm thinking. Okay. Um, so, yeah, 300. And then
0: 2007. Uh, 2007's the low point, really, here. Hancock this is this is the one I was I was waiting for us to get around to <laughs> yeah. just the the one the one thing that I appreciated from Hancock um, was the perception of superheroes and how how they could how they had they had kind of been boxed in as kind of tight wearing you know uh, cape wearing you know this this or that and they really kind of opened this up to us like oh you know what Superheroes, like when you talk about, like uh, you know, Greek mythology, when you talk about, di- you know, different kind of iterations, even going back to like the radio characters. Like, I felt like the one thing that was nice about Hancock was they opened up this understanding of superheroes could be could could fit into different iterations throughout cultural development, mm-hmm. and it was that was it was kind of a an eye opener for me. It was like, you know, what, that's really pretty true. It's like, okay, superheroes don't just have to be from comic books. Superheroes could be from Different, you know, different um, forms and fashions. Outside of that, the movie is probably just a giant piece of crap. Uh, <clears throat> I, let me—I said low point. I actually enjoyed Hancock quite a bit. It was—it was fun.
1: It moments, but here's why I think it's a low point. You know how I mentioned Mystery Men pre 2000 when things got back up on a high point? It was—it was the sarcastic nature of the comic book genre. Yeah, Hancock was very cynical. and it just like with mystery men it was just before the huge resurgence of comic books with the mcu in 2008 it came right before just like with mystery men it was a big joke the only reason the only way you could get people to go see a comic book movie was to make it a joke yeah um and it but it was funny i I enjoyed it i i you know i'll see um what's his face um oh uh, the guy who was his publicist and
0: oh um well now, I, I just. <laughs> I was in game night and. Oh, and this is, this Jason, is Bateman. Jason Bateman.
1: Jason Bateman is so cruel. <laughs> Our old brains. When you're filming this stuff, your brain you don't you don't know this because you're like, watching uh, and listening. You you suddenly become just that much dumber. I don't know what it is. Yeah. You lose part of your brain. Well, I'm not that smart to begin me with. Me neither. Me neither. Let me tell you, I don't have I don't have I, I don't have a lot to spare. So you can't just start subtracting. Uh, Yeah, I like Jason Bateman's relationship with with, uh, Will Smith's Hancock. I thought it was really, yes, it was nice. really trying to help him.
0: And it was kind of like there's almost, when you think about it, it was almost like uh, it was a little bit uh, foretelling of what was coming because it was kind of like when the MCU arrived in 2008, what they did is they really kind of, It was like they gave superheroes a PR makeover Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and completely (laughs) changed the public perception of what they were. So, you know, I don't think that was—it's not because of this movie, and I don't think they intended to necessarily do that. But it was an interest—interesting how life kind of imitated art there. Was like, yeah, you
1: know. But I I wanted to make that point. I I wanted to like—I wanted to parallel those two movies. Yeah. Uh, Because it—it's just—it's funny how that happened. Yeah. So, um, and then 2007 was Ghost Rider. Uh, Nick Cage had he finally got his superhero. Yeah. <laughs> it was supposed to be Superman. He wasn't, thank oh, God. Oh my gosh, that would have been terrible. Uh, but you know, Ghost Rider, eh, whatever, it was successful enough to get a sequel. It it was
0: okay. It when, was just okay. When it was the CGI Ghost Rider, it was good. When it was Nick Cage, it was not good. <laughs> yeah, and
1: I like the the actor who was I think in Blade also. Uh, his friend, the redheaded guy, uh, he's usually pretty enjoyable. yeah I i never can think of his name um but you know dark knight 2008 we're you know the the dark knight trilogy is a really one of the more successful trilogies yeah open to close i mean i know people have their you know issues with um dark knight rises i do not have a problem with that movie it i didn't like it as much as dark knight but
0: who i mean dark knight was a masterpiece yeah dark dark knight was definitively the the high point in that and I think the the only thing, um, and I, I don't think the third movie really suffers from it. I think it was because at that point we had been conditioned to the expectation is whatever comes next will be better. Yeah. And I think that was the thing was The Dark Knight Rises was not better than The Dark Knight. Yeah. But that, by definition, doesn't make it worse. I think that was, the because th- I, I you know it was longer, it was considerably longer. It was like two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, but it was when I was like, and... I mean I I, really, I love Tom Hardy and I think he was I think he's one mm. of the best actors of his generation. He was he was good casting as Bane. I think if there was anything where they had a misstep was um Bane really is the quint I mean the Joker and Batman go hand in hand. Um they have an you know an iconic um rivalry. It's that duality, you know. Yeah. They're they're just opposites. The 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 thing the thing about uh, Bane was, he was, physically he was formidable, more formidable than Batman. And in intellectually, which is where Batman, you know, where he really shone, was on that level. He would always outsmart people. And Bane represented an equal, if not greater, intellect than him. Yeah. So that was why Bane was, was supposed to be such... Well, and he defeated Batman in the
1: comics, too. He yes. broke his back. And then... When Bane was in Batman and Robin, he was just like a he mockery. A wrestler, yeah, yeah, it was just a wrestler in CG costume it was,
0: who couldn't speak. The uh, it, the and <laughs> that was I, I think that was I think they purposely stayed away from that uh, the the size issue between Batman and Bane. And it's when I was like, "You're not, you're not going to be able to get somebody that's naturally the size of Bane." So you could get the juggernaut, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like outside of doing something CG, and it's like yeah. you're going to have to cast somebody. And Tom Hardy did a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah, he so like, he he can be a big guy. Yeah, you can. And he's a
1: brawler too. Like he's well, not like a bodybuilder type no. guy. He just looks like a guy who's just scrappy. got a lot of
0: strength. He's he, he's a he, scrappy guy. Yeah. If he gets in the mix, it's not going to work out well for you. Um, but he, I think, I think that's that's where I feel like some people lost some of that uh, was the, the you know because I know some people kind of um, clowned on the, the Bane voice, but I, I thought every, I that I was cool. I thought every bit of his portrayal was fantastic.
1: Yeah. But uh, we're talking about the Dark Knight here, um, Heath Ledger. Um, who would have ever thought that someone could have matched and exceeded Nicholson's Joker? I never. No one would did it have. first. No one. No did. one did it first. I, I have to take credit. Like I know a lot of people have owned up to not when they heard the casting of Heath Ledger as Joker, they didn't think it was gonna work.
0: I thought it was horrible. I was like, I can't believe like when when they said Heath Ledger was gonna be the Joker, I was like, After you made such a masterpiece with Batman Begins, you're just yeah. gonna take a crap all over it with this yeah. This is the worst casting. I I, like, I I don't know what it was. I I thought it was
1: brilliant. I just I, I had faith in it from the beginning and um uh, Man, they proved me right. <laughs> well, my God, that was because uh, I we mean,
0: not really anybody knew that he had that in him. No, um, and I, I mean, I, I remembered reading things. You know, Jack Nicholson had reached out to him as like, "Be careful with this character. It yeah, it will it will wear on you. It, you know, the further yeah. you get into it, the harder it's going to be for you to manage and. Yeah. I think i think that's the unfortunate thing is i think the the portrayal we got was because heath ledger went as far into the characters he did yeah. and it cost him as greatly as it did and i think that's really yeah. unfortunate because it i mean honestly I, in in my lifetime i don't know if there will be many performances that match up to that one i'm so interested in seeing what joaquin
1: phoenix's joker is going to be like um because joaquin phoenix is a actor of that ilk He's yeah,
0: he he's a guy that was really made for that. And I, I after seeing the the trailer, I loved I loved the the trailer for that. I loved some of the the things they did with it, the imagery that they used in it. Um, yeah. And we'll talk some more about it yeah. too in the future like when we get to that part. But
1: um, you know, and, and Jared Leto, um I he was okay. I I appreciate what he was trying to do with uh, No comment. <laughs> But you know, what can you say about Dark Knight? It got like I said, it's it a masterpiece. Absolutely. It it earned an Academy Award for the first time, like a comic book movie had some like real legitimacy for the first time ever. Um I mean, yeah, they'd been nominated for special effects and things, sound, score, special effects, but we're talking acting here. Acting. Like, they actually gave him an Oscar, and I don't think it was because he died. No. I really don't. No, because really the
0: performance was Oscar worthy. It was. It definitively was.
1: So this is the cutoff point. Naturally, I, I put the cutoff point because of 2008. We got a little studio. movie called Iron Man in a little studio called Marvel. And our lives changed for the better forever. For the better forever. And we're not going to spend any time talking about the Marvel movies because that's a discussion
0: for another that's, episode. Yeah, that's 22 movies. Instead,
1: <laughs> instead, what I'd like to talk about is um, with the endgame coming, and we know that they're going to be retiring a lot of the characters for the last 10 years that we've just uh, you know, taken for granted having, uh, they're they're going to be going away. And now, how is it that the MCU is going to keep that head of steam moving? Yeah. Can they do it with the Avengers that are left? Which is basically, you know, we may have the Hulk again, I guess, I hope. I think Ruffalo may be one other one of those
0: guys who has said that he didn't want to do it anymore. He's He said he's leaving, but I, I don't know if he's just copying everybody else. I mean, yeah. it feels there's there's more stories and you know and they successfully recast the hulk from ed norton to mark ruffalo yeah. so it's not like they couldn't do it again but i don't yeah. know that they i mean that was re- i loved ed norton nothing against ed norton no it was, but it was okay mark ruffalo especially when they when they married the cg version of him to the actor for the first time ever fantastic. hulk was the hulk yes and uh, i really would
1: like to see, i mean ragnarok was a triumph yeah. But it was, it was a Thor Hulk movie. Yeah. I would love for them to see, I would like to see Ruffalo at least get his Thor or Hulk movie. World War Hulk. That's what we need. Yeah. And that I don't know much about story. what that would be, but I, 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 I trust Marvel and I, yeah. I trust Ruffalo in that version of the Hulk. I think it would be a huge hit. So, um, so you got the Hulk probably, you got, uh, widow who's black, widow. at least going to be sticking around for a bit longer. Yep. You got Falcon. You got uh, presumably, you know, Scarlet Witch. I guess Vision will probably, maybe, maybe not be back. Uh, Black Panther and Captain Marvel seem to be the big ones that yeah. they're going to depend on because these ancillary characters, the non-fantastic, you know, yeah, like Ant-Man's pretty, you know, he's fantastic. Doctor Strange, pretty fantastic. And they've got him seemingly for a little while longer. Yeah. But the big guns are gone. And they're not going to be able to sell, they're not going to be able to make $500 million on a War, War Machine movie. No. You know, they're not going to be able to make $500 million on a Hawkeye movie. Um, they they need some new juice. And with all of the Avengers gone and Spider-Man really only being around for two more movies, because then Sony will have ownership.
0: of them. They, they would be smart to try to repartner up. Um, what do you think they'll do? There's there's been talk of an X Men Avengers movie. Um, I I know that that I mean that won't be in the immediate future because they'll have to reestablish who the X Men are in the MCU. Yeah. Um,
1: and that again, and like, Disney, as you yeah. probably know, if you're fans, you been listening this long, you, you're probably well aware that Disney now owns uh, all of those properties from Fox. Yeah. In that buyout which so, is perfect timing. Oh yeah, I mean, cuz I firmly believe X-Men is going to be what's going to help keep I I think Captain Marvel and Black Panther will be a nice
0: bridge it, keep them afloat. I think um I, where I could see things really shaping up cuz they have Guardians 3 coming thankfully um, with Jane's gun. And they have they have Captain Marvel who's newly established. and I want to say Brie Larson has signed on for 7 pictures. Wow. I think that's what I, I... Well, of course, those are all counting like uh, Avenger movies. Yeah, and stuff so too, I, guess. I mean, she'll have two of those under her belt, but that makes five more appearances. <sighs> yeah, um, and she's awesome,
1: as yeah. we already established.
0: But it, and, uh, one thing they've been teasing in, um, um, in the Guardians movies is uh, Adam Warlock. Oh, yeah. Um, and so there's... After
1: Guardians 2, right? Yeah.
0: Um, they, so they've, they've really kind of laid some groundwork for that, and that opens up a lot of storylines. Plus, if you revitalize the Fantastic Four, you do have this whole kind of um, space arm of the, uh, the MCU that, that really could open up. And Thankfully, they've established that with Guardians. Yeah. It wouldn't be a shock to see some of that No, stuff and so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be kind of curious because the format up till this point has been introduce the characters, then bring everybody together in a big movie, introduce some more characters, refresh them on the old characters, put it, bring them together in another big movie. And they've just kind of kept doing that. They expanded a little bit and then everybody comes together in one of these massive Avengers movies. And I'm curious, I know they've had a lot of success in the crossovers, but I wonder if that will work better because they don't have necessarily as dynamic of characters, if it'll work better where they have like, you know, small crossovers. And it's just like, we're gonna make a Black Widow movie but we'll have Hawkeye and we'll have Falcon and we'll have a couple other guys. Kind of, I mean, similar to maybe like a Captain America, uh Civil War movie where they brought everybody together in a Captain America movie mm. instead of doing like big Avengers Yeah, it was like crossover. an Avengers 2.5 yeah. kind of deal Yeah, so it's if you have some of these where you cross some of the characters over between you know, universes if that's how they because I mean arguably I mean Guardians of the Galaxy I I consider myself probably like maybe I wasn't a, um, a total newbie fan but like I I didn't spend my whole childhood reading comic books every week so I don't know every storyline that Marvel's ever played out. <laughs> but there seems to be an endless well of stories. The, yeah, they have, I mean, over a thousand characters and in, their, in their mind. And so it's when I was like, as well as they did between the story and the casting, which is what I always come back to, it's the story and the casting, what they've done with Guardians... If they could do that with a relatively unknown property, especially mainstream, nobody knew who the Guardians were. Mainstream. No. If nobody, they could yeah. take a franchise like that and turn it into it, I mean, they turned it into a trilogy of films to yep. the point where the public, not was, just small hits, no huge hits, they were the public was so adamant that they bring back the original director that Disney caved on it. It's like okay, yeah. that's saying something. That's a big story right there. Yeah, so it's like okay, that's so. I I don't know which directions they'll go. I don't know who all they'll bring into the mix. I don't know if they'll just be introducing new characters, if they'll try and repurpose some of the guys that are left around. I have some thoughts myself. With Star Wars seemingly
1: coming to an end for a while, you know, they they've kind of said they're going to take they're going to pump the brakes on Star Wars. Yeah. So, that means they can't necessarily they can't put everything into the Avengers. Yeah. Uh, storyline, I think probably what they'll do is they're going to keep X-Men kind of self-contained with Deadpool. Yeah. And they won't really cross over for a long time. Yeah. I'm not expecting to see a Wolverine in an Avengers movie anytime soon. Which is a shame, but I know, agree. I agree. But I think with Star Wars pumping the brakes on that, I think they're going to try and live off of those. They're going to have them. They're not, they're obviously not going to be separate but they will yeah like they're they're not gonna be little cheeky crossovers too much i don't think so with that being said um i'm not really sure like I, will avengers die down to let x-men emerge and be the big thing or or will disney just go ahead and put them all in there together or will they take the fantastic four would that be enough to prop up that avengers universe because with the whole time travel, like the that whole situation, like they, they could more easily integrate, I think, fits into the Avengers, like you know, timeline that they move around, they jump around a bit. Let X Men be a separate thing, make a month, lots and lots of money. It may be three years before we see an X Men movie. I don't think it's going to be right away. No, they'll they've got stuff in the works. Because you got to let Wolverine is you got to let the Hugh Jackman die. Yeah. He's, he could still possibly he's suit been
0: up. Dying for how many years
1: ago was Logan? Um, Two three years now. Yeah, he's still. In another three years, people will be ready to accept a new Wolverine. So I I think personally, you're gonna see Fantastic Four before any X Men stuff.
0: Yeah I, yeah I, I I because they they know I mean the the rest of the kids in the on the X Men I mean it's gonna be hard to top somebody like Patrick Stewart. Um, he was just made for that role in yeah. a lot of respects, and I, what what I'm anticipating because I, the things that I've heard about Dark Phoenix are not great, um, and a, yeah. Apocalypse didn't totally hit as hard as they wanted to. And so, New Mutants is like on again, off again. It yeah. seems like so it's like you know, the strong as they came out with First Class, yeah. and then as as good of a follow up as they did with um, Days the, of Future Past. Yeah, you know they they had some real strength there. That they They've been, been dropping too. the ball. They they they're kind of on this descent to where I think it will be good because what we could do is we could just come back and say all right let's do present day you know let's do right now X Men interacting in the world around them not some past timeline not this and playing with this like let's just give them give everybody the characters we're gonna we'll do the suits like we do with the rest of the guys where they're blue and yellow and we'll do everything you know I think after the next Deadpool
1: movie you're really gonna see the X Men kind of die off for a bit. You know, I, I kind of hope they'll still use that cast to just kind of like they've been cheekily playing along yeah. in the dead, Deadpool universe. I just do not see Disney. I think they're like, it's kind of like when a new invading force comes in, you have you want to have some goodwill to the fans. So they kind of said, we're not going to mess with Deadpool. Yeah. But they're not going to keep doing Deadpool movies as they
0: are right now. I just don't think they will. Well, and I, I like, I know, I mean, as a huge Deadpool fan, um, I know I would watch 100 Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movies. But yeah, for for everybody that's a fan of them, I would rather have a a, a rock-solid trilogy than six movies that were, some of them were just kind of so-so.
1: And the trilogy seems
0: to be the, the,
1: the point yeah. that you got to put an end to it. I mean, there's not
0: been a successful four in a row of anything. And there, I mean, it's one of those, like, you know, with with, uh, with Iron Man. Um, Iron Man has had three outings of his own that were, you know, were successful, were yeah. well put together, were good movies. Yeah. And then you have him dropping in on Spider-Man. You have him in the Avengers movies. You have him in yeah. Civil War. So he's he's been in other things that weren't yeah. just him. So same kind but of thing. But it's not a solo Iron Man. No. You yeah. can have Deadpool and have him still be very much alive within the, the x That would be universe. a perfect
1: best case scenario, yeah. I think
0: there's there's a there's enough
1: juice in deadpool like he can't don't expect him to carry four or five movies no. solo
0: but for god's sakes keep him alive he would he he would do that especially because i think that's their in if you if you get to the point where like all right we're gonna we have we're gonna put these new x-men movies together we've cast them this is what we're gonna do we're gonna roll with it we put it out and then you know you kind of tease like oh Hey, did you hear? I think they're going to put a Deadpool cameo.
1: Kevin Feige in Marvel Studios. I have trust in them that they can take the Deadpool spirit and make it PG thirteen and make
0: it not suck. They there's a, there's enough wiggle room to. Um, I, I, I've I've actually toyed around with my own ideas of bringing. Um, Uh, Deadpool into the X-Men slash MCU that I I, I, there's there's and I'm I'm not even that talented so there's people that actually know it (laughs) that I think they could really do a lot of really good fun stuff with it and even just you know the acknowledgement of Deadpool like is like you know him breaking the fourth wall and like I gotta I gotta play nice this one's only PG-13 guys you know to where you you could have that you know the actual X-Men no breaking the fourth wall Deadpool right next to him like you guys don't this is a movie we're in a movie guys There's, there's I think there's a lot of room for them to play that can bode well for them
1: now DC on the other hand is a bit trickier because they have this weird weird scenario where their non superstars are in a slump but they actually have some goodwill with some secondary characters Aquaman is a big hit Wonder Woman was a big hit shazam was a hit uh the the right size hit like they didn't sink a ton of money in it did well so if they could just get batman and superman on track here's what i think marvel and i've shared this with you i think dc should do this with the joker movie i think it would be cool i hope that that's a hit and i think it will be i really do let's have a series of one-off villain movies You take your best that you have to offer and smartly cast with a manageable budget with with talented writers and and directors and and have those villains mean something. And then in the meantime, get your Batman in order. Maybe the Christopher, what's his name? Uh, The guy who did the Apes movies. I don't know if he's Matt Reeves. I don't know if he's still attached to Batman, but really like him. I think he is, last I heard. I think he's responsible for the Planet, the Apes movies, and the, um, uh, oh gosh, uh, Kingsman movies, right? Yes, actually. Yeah, I think you're right. So he has a really steady track. He's got a good
0: eye for stuff, yeah. Yes.
1: Um, If they can get themselves a Batman that is of a Christian Bale, meaning good actor, not a big name. Ben Affleck was the old style thinking they got a they got a name. And I don't you mm-hmm. know I don't think he was a horrible Batman, but I don't think he was a great Batman no. either. So get themselves a Batman and then after four or five years, put them up against these villains. Yeah. You know? I think that would be so smart. It would be less money, less risk. And you know, one, once they've got a lot invested in in all these smaller movies these characters that we've kind of come to know and, and not love, but appreciate, appreciate and know, and have some, some vest, like, you know, a vested interest in, and, uh, you know, history with these villains. That would be huge. I think. And in the Superman, as far as that goes, I think it may be time to just let Superman go. I don't think anybody's ever going to be as big as Christopher Reeve was. I know it's crazy but Superman must be profi- profitable enough with merchandising to be <sighs> I mean can Warner Brothers let that go they're the, the I've cuz they had a good Superman
0: Henry Cable I mean I, and I, I think this is this is where it, like what, what they didn't learn is and I cuz I don't blame Zack Snyder for making Zack Snyder movies. Zack Snyder yeah. made Zack Snyder movies. He did
1: exactly what he was paid um,
0: to do and they didn't even let him finish it. It was like the Zack Snyder movies that he's made were f- kind of for a really specific audience and other people liked them too. Yeah. Um that was what worked well. It, Zack Snyder's not like a major, you know, major film director. Yeah. Um like uh, Colin Trevorrow um, who used to be an indie guy, and he—they um, got him for Jurassic World, and he was able to handle a major property well. Well, he did two of those, and then he was going to direct Star Wars um, Episode Nine, right. and he did The Book of Henry, and it was then nobody ever came right out and said it, Ooh. but he went back to his indie roots and did The Book of Henry, which yeah. I liked, but I know I I can see why it was criticized, and it was criticized fairly. Um, but he went back to his indie roots and i think that cooled him enough to where they took away star wars episode 9 from him and gave it back to jj because yeah. after ryan johnson there was you know people did and didn't like it yeah. it was kind of one of those up in the air like oh some people really liked it some people really didn't i think yeah. they you know they kind of recoiled a little bit at do we want to let another potentially indie guy they direct
1: they cave to the the loud the <clears throat> yes. loud
0: fanboys for sure so
1: um and Zack Snyder to me is kind of likened i think of him almost kind of like a uh uh, michael bay where he's mostly style not a lot of substance and if you like michael bay movies i don't have a problem with that i like a lot of michael bay movies myself i have a bit of a problem with his transformers movies but you know i you know movies like pain and gain and and the rock and uh, other stuff he's done, I I have no problem with those movies.
0: You, you know, you know what you're getting with a Michael Bay movie. He makes Michael Bay movies. You know what you're getting with a Zack Snyder movie. He Makes Zack mm-hmm. Snyder movies. And super, I mean, honestly, the first time I watched Man of Steel, I was like, okay, this isn't this isn't the worst Superman movie I've ever seen. Yeah, it was okay. The more I watched, it, I was like
1: it was oh, depressing it's depressing. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it's it's one of those was like they you could tell it was. I mean, Zack Snyder, you know, is not a guy that knows Superman. Um, he, cause Zack Snyder came at it from Zack Snyder's perspective and he didn't know Superman in a way that would translate well. The last 15
1: minutes of justice league, that is Superman. And that yeah. was probably Joss. that was Joss Whedon. Yeah.
0: So, and so, you know, it's like, if you want to bring Joss Whedon in on a Superman movie, then you probably would do Okay. Um, some of the things I've seen them teasing is people are asking for Michael B. Jordan to be Superman, which I don't think would do well. I
1: think that'd be a mistake. People,
0: uh, I've seen it a number of places, which makes me sad that it's gathering some kind of steam. But they're talking about Robert Pattinson for the next Batman, um, which I, I think would. Uh, it's not that he couldn't do it. Yeah. I think the thing is Robert Pattinson comes with Twilight. He's already known for something. That's the thing. It's like he's. Yeah. It's not that he's a bad actor. Not that he couldn't play the role he comes with twilight people yeah. are going to look at it and say i'm not watching the twilight batman you're um, absolutely right that's so what i would think it would be it would be one of those things like they would they would have a huge mountain to climb to convince people otherwise um, and take so, your time with batman you know, batman still a viable franchise you haven't killed it you know play play around with it talk to some of the people in the industry that know the character that know you know, that have some kind of pulse in it. Do you do a little they bit? They need to talk to Kevin Smith. They really do. I mean, he's he's a guy that could really,
1: you know. He understands Batman. Yes. A lot better than a whole lot of other people. Yeah. And I'm not saying let him direct it or anything. He wouldn't even want to it. He wouldn't want to. It. He wouldn't yeah. want to. But he loves the character. He's the type of person they need to talk to, though.
0: He knows and loves the character and yeah. would be willing to give you fair criticisms. Bad ideas, and
1: I'm happy that Kevin Smith has kind of earned his way back into the comic book stuff. Yeah, the Flash episodes he's directed, yep. and the Supergirl episodes he's directed. You know, he's he's kind of like slowly but surely worked his way back into some people's ears, probably. So I, I hope I hope that whoever is in charge of Batman, do yourself a
0: favor and, and get in touch with Kevin Smith and and have a conversation with him. And even I mean, even so, like you know, they have they still have because you know they've had Ezra Miller leave the Flash. Uh, movie project. They had the guy who played Cyborg in Justice League. I don't even know if he had something in development but he's left. He's out. He's not playing Cyborg again. Batman yeah. and Superman are both out. So as it stands yeah. they only have um, Wonder Woman and Fishboy cast yeah. as something. Um, yeah. So And I think Shazam is kind of a one trick pony. I, it, it, would, it would be interesting to see how they would fit that into like a, a new Justice League but I mean there's, there's Martian Manhunter there's Green Arrow there's Green Lantern. There's Hawkman. I mean, there's a number of other characters that aren't terribly compelling, which has always been my problem with DC and kind of their front row of their their Avengers. But you have a lot of other characters that haven't already been muddled that you know they could probably at least in the same way that the MCU came out with. I mean, Iron Man is a, a fairly mainstream character now, and Iron Man wasn't necessarily like one of the strongest. Oh, Marvel it was a character. massive risk. Yeah, I was like, I mean, not, I'm not saying do the same thing with Hawkman because I don't think Hawkman's going to have the same translation as Iron Man did, but. You know, you've uh, Green Green Arrow has had a pretty substantial television following. Yeah. Um, Green Green Lantern. Honestly, you could probably even build off some of the success of how horrible the first one was. You, I mean, as much as everybody jokes on it, it's like there's name recognition. You, you wouldn't have to get people, people on want it. another Green Lantern. Yeah. Maybe. So and and they, I mean, they even teased a sequel with the original. It's like there's a, there's a lot well, of well, and they had lanterns in the Justice League. Too. Yeah. So like it's, it's like there was there's a little small bit. There's material there that they could work with. It's, it's not like the DC universe is just pigeonholed into making shitty movies. Right. They just, for some reason, prefer making shitty movies <laughs> over good movies people want to go see. I don't know they why. They don't
1: have a Kevin Feige, man. Everybody yeah, knows that's what it. what they need. They don't have that person that can make the executive decision. Warner Brothers has always been this really weird kind of too many hands on deck, yeah, too, too many, many chiefs, chefs. too many chefs. Whatever
0: you want to say, I mean, too many they, locksmiths in the van. Too, <laughs> I'm trying to get that one off the ground. Too many locksmiths in just a van full of locksmiths. That old saying, um, but
1: yeah, they just don't have that guy. And Warner Brothers has just always been that way. Like they yeah. got all the money and resources they in the world to make it work, but they yeah. just insist on, like you say, like it's almost like they want to make shitty movies. Yeah. Bad No, we want bad to make casting. a shitty movie. Paul Dini's over here. He's a, he's a guy you can trust. No, 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 no. No. He might make a good movie. He might actually do a good universe. So I think they need to get the universe stuff out of their head. Just make one good movie and then build yeah. on that. Stop doing the damn thing where you cast like, you know, you're you're collecting um, you know, like resources and you're you're collecting assets. This isn't Minecraft,
0: okay? A Sinister 6 movie. Yeah. Like what the hell are they thinking about? They, that was and, and, uh, cuz I just watched The Amazing Spider-Man 2 the other day. That was where they, because I, I, a lot of people give uh, Andrew Garfield crap. A lot of people give Mark Webb crap for that movie, those movies. I thought, I thought they were good. I liked Andrew Garfield. I liked uh, it was a Tom Holland. I think is probably a little bit more truer to the Spider-Man character. But yeah. I liked, the I love the chemistry between Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield. Oh yeah. And it was, I mean, it was, uh, like it was, I mean, it's truly depressing in the second one when Emma Stone falls and yeah, uh, it's like that's a genuine. I'm like. You don't get that in a shitty movie. Like, that's a genuinely moving scene. And so... they had a special thing with Emma Stone. Yes. And, uh, you know, Andrew uh, Garfield. But they just... I mean, they had weird Jamie Foxx electro. They had weird Dane... What's-his-face? Yeah. As... uh, as the green goblin, green goblin. The, yeah. they just overshot it, and they were building towards the Sinister Six. It's like just make, they got ahead of themselves. Yeah, just That's make what they the always movies. do. They got ahead of themselves. Yeah,
1: they had a they had a successful reboot with the first Amazing Spider Man, and then they just got ahead of themselves. Yeah, they got so, a little too greedy. Yep. So um, I don't know what DC can do. Like I, I feel like there was a clear path to victory with MCU. Um, but when you have the failures of DC, it's a little less clear. It's a little more muddy. And I think really this, I like the idea of one-off movies with the the villains, get your Batman in order. Don't worry about Superman. Don't worry about justice league. Make three Aquaman movies. If you want make three wonder woman movies. You want don't have little tiny cameos. If you want, that's fine. But like keep them separate. And, um, and you know, just, just do you. Like stop trying to do MCU stuff because you're not good at it. You
0: suck at it, in fact. Well, they they had Wonder Woman, which did well. Yeah. Uh, Justice League, which was not as huge of a piece of crap as I thought it was gonna I mean, okay. be. It was it was when I those like it was obnoxious because it was like, Oh, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna do it? Well, Steppenwolf this sucked. And it was a Steppenwolf was a shitty villain and yeah. then it it was it was all built around the last fifteen minutes being Superman kicks his ass. Yeah. Like this is a stupid story. Well, they didn't and, get to do Dark Side. No. So I was like, okay, if you want, I mean, do do those characters. He's a massive, I mean, he's your Thanos. Build 20 movies been, around yeah. him. Yeah. Do it. Just do it. It's not hard. You do can it. still do it. Yeah <laughs> if you wanted to. But it's like, okay, you know, shake shake it off. You've got you've got the opportunity to recast um, Superman. You've got your opportunity to recast Batman. Get the You don't have to do it tomorrow. No. Go through and figure out, you know, not just which F- one makes sense. Fix the most, Batman first. Fix Batman. And Don't worry about Superman. And you know, you've got you've got another Wonder Woman Wonder Woman eighty four is like made. It sounds cool. They're waiting for it I mean they pushed it back, so it's like yeah. you've got another Wonder Woman movie, which unless that one just sucks, which I don't think it will. No, I don't think it will um, you've got that. You've had Fishboy, he did people liked watching his movie. I don't know if Hopefully he, James Wan will be back to make a sequel. If he doesn't come back,
1: that movie'll suffer big time.
0: It'll, because, I mean, the biggest compliment I think everybody said about the movies visually it was great, and that is attributed to James Wan. It really was. So uh, without James Wan, it's going to be hard. He was the reason I had hope for that movie. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it, it was good.
1: I mean, it was in my top ten. You know, kind of sheepishly, but it was there.
0: Well, and it's it's one of those. I just have my own problems with <laughs> Um But it's one. It's the same thing with Superman. It's like I, I don't like the character of Superman. I, it, there's... Series, totally understandable, yeah. But totally it's one of those like, you know what, it, you know, um Shazam. Shazam is not a mainstream. Shazam is the Guardians of the Galaxy for the DC Universe. Like totally, he's not yeah. a mainstream character that people know, and it was wildly successful. He's the quirky change of pace that you know
1: Guardians was, yeah.
0: And and that's I mean they've got if you you count Wonder Woman as a success. Justice League didn't do as well as they wanted it to, but it still did okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and now you had Fishboy, and you had Shazam. You I had, feel like Justice League probably eventually broke even. It, it, yeah, I mean, they 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 made a little bit of money off Like, it's, it's one of those, like, it's funny because you get a lot of the MCU movies where they're like, oh, this movie's now surpassed Justice League. And it's like, oh, it's only been out for three weeks. Um, <laughs> it's one of those where it's like, it, yeah. Justice League was what they were hoping would In-game be. In their... game pre-sales is beating, yeah. you know. <laughs> they wanted Justice League to be their, you know, two billion dollar movie and it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, because they they, you know, jumped the gun. They weren't they didn't have the they didn't have the infrastructure that Marvel took Well, they collapsed about. under the weight of their own yeah. shit. So,
1: so <laughs> that's pretty much it for the show.
0: Stop, retool, take your time, cast it well, find the right stories. And you can build a universe just like you know, you've got. They have characters. They have plenty of characters. Just find your groove. You haven't found yeah. your groove yet. No, just Stella, find it, Stella.
1: Get your groove back. That's yeah, all. get your get your groove back, Batman. Yeah, exactly. And then you can build from there. So anyway. Um, that was fun. That was a fun little discussion. Yes. Not a little discussion. That was over going on two hours worth of discussion. That's fantastic. Um, actually, more like three hours of discussion. So uh-huh. if you're still with us, I hope you're the <laughs> best. You love it. So as
0: promised, we have a third new segment. Did you yes. think of a name for it? I, I thought of this name. Who who played it better? Kind of like who wore it better? Who wore who played it better? Who played it better. Okay. And so it, it, obviously the the second portrayal is, is not, you, we can't really say who played it better because they. it's our own coming up right we can't but it's a play on that
1: yeah i like it i was
0: the the other one i had was the perfect cast which is a reference to a goofy movie but i didn't think that everybody would probably get that um because it's the dance well who
1: played it better is kind of like a you you had a list of uh, potential segments i feel like that was one of
0: them yeah okay so who
1: played it better uh i have a movie for you okay you're gonna you're gonna cast uh not every actor just the main actors okay okay so you ready for mine yes you're going to be recasting Silence of the Lambs. Ooh, that'll be fun. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be recasting Silence of the Lambs. So that means uh, you're going to have to find yourself a new Hannibal. That'll be interesting. You're going to have to find yourself a new Starling. Yeah. And you're going to have to find yourself a new Buffalo Bill. Okay. So th- those are all the primary characters. So you only got three. Your homework is just mainly three characters. I'll probably recast some of the other ones just for fun. You should have we will have fun with it, you yeah. know. Go go as deep as you want to go. Yeah. Uh and uh that you know, like I of all the movies in your head you were thinking, you probably weren't thinking silence of no, the Landis. That one was not on, that was not on the list. That's a real tricky one I'm giving you, I admit. Yeah, so that like that'll book. be the opening segment for it. the next time. Uh what, what do you have for me? Uh I'm going with the Breakfast Club. You son of a bitch. <laughs> You come out strong too. Wow, I'm gonna have fun with that. Yeah, Breakfast that's, Club. That's I got to find a new bender. Yep. Ooh, man. Okay, I'm gonna have fun with that. So yeah, I've got I've got a, quite a few people to cast on my own. Well, you know what? Actually, the Breakfast Club is really only like ten characters tops. Yeah, cause you got you got uh, what the was it five or six kids? Yeah, you got and five. Then, you got the club, and then you got the yeah. You got um principal. Yeah, you got principal, and you got the janitor. And that's it, really. Yeah. That's it. So that won't be... I might try to do all of them. I'll try and do all of them. So, okay, so my homework assignment is, is recasting The Breakfast Club. That's yep. interesting. Okay. Ooh, that's mean. I thought Silence of the Lambs was mean.
0: That's just mean. <laughs> I was just hoping you wouldn't go with Deadpool. I was like, if I got to recast Oh, Deadpool, no, I would
1: not do that to I was you. like, I don't know how I would do that. I, I I had a real difficult time trying to find a movie. Like, I had five changes. You know, I, I just kept thinking, I was like, you know what? Oh yeah. Silence of the Lambs. that will be fun. Cause you only got to do so many and, uh, but it'll be hard cause you, you can't think of all these characters as anybody else. So you got to make a real, it's going to be hard making a case.
0: Yeah. Cause I, I cause I'll probably, I'll, there's Barney. He was the, uh, the orderly from the, um, where, um, uh, Lecter was kept. Cause was the thing, I played him in all in that, uh, in, Silence of the Lambs, Hannibal, and uh, Red Dragon. Um, mm. And then Anthony Heald, Held, however you say his name, he played the douchey guy that ran um, the asylum where Lecter yes. was kept. Yes, um, And then there was the guy that was Starling's boss. Um, that would make six characters, and so we'd, be, we'd be kind of, I'll see if I can find a seventh, because if you have seven, then I'll have seven. Okay. Um, but yeah, I almost went with the Karate Kid. <laughs>
1: Good too. Well, like, save some. Yeah. This is a big future segment that we're gonna like try and you know mingle in. Uh, I I wanted a new strong segment because I love rad dads yeah. and what you haven't seen that. But th- I think this could be a real fun. This will be a fun one. A fun third one to, to throw into the rotation. Yes. Uh, well, thanks for sticking with us. It's been over three hours of show. You you know you get what
0: uh, you pay for. Yeah. Which, or you get more than you paid for. <laughs> this is a huge benefit to you because you paid <laughs> presumably nothing. If you paid something? I don't think. How did, let we, us know? We didn't get any of the money. <laughs> we got nothing. But we'll tell you that. You Whoever need to you stop paid, doing that because yeah. we're not seeing any of that. If you got an email with some sort of <laughs> Nigerian prince asking you to pay for this podcast, that is not us. That is fake. But you know what? We can't leave. I, I when you looked over
1: there, I realized.
0: <laughs> I realized that we we haven't done something. Yet. We
1: can't end the show no. without. It's oh. back. We're going to have to fire that engineer for throwing rad death.
0: <laughs> Every time. It's so good.
1: Thanks for watching the Cinemasters Universe. I've been your host, Ron Avis. And I'm Adam Peterson. And Mitch, you strive home safely.